Welcome to Nintendo Dads episode 359, recorded on January 20th, 2022. On tonight's episode with special guests Nick and Sean from Game Pass Dads, I mean Game Pass News, we discuss game release. Ah, uh, uh, screw it. We're here to talk about Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, aren't we? Jesse, you know what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever takeover of the Nintendo Dads podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we're excited to announce we have also been acquired by Microsoft and it is now the Xbox Dads episode one. Thanks for subscribing to us. You get Game Pass for free and you get Game Pass for free. Game Pass Uh, for everybody. Game Pass for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, I digress. My name is Justin Masson, host of today's Dumpster Fire of a Show. But man, am I excited to be here because I believe today may, this week may have been one of the biggest absolute video game moments in history not at all involving nintendo they just sat around (laughs) and stared aimlessly at xbox but wow what a week it was and i'm excited because today we've got some amazing special guests to break down that news now of course my regular main uh mainstays of tim and jesse are here jesse say hi greetings tim say goodbye see ya and joining me, the two gentlemen from the Game Pass News, Sean Abbott and Nick Metzger. Gentlemen, how are you today? Take it first, Sean. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I'm cold. <laughs> but I'm, I'm hiding in the kitchen. It's, what, quarter past three in the morning? So, yeah. Early, <laughs> early morning for you. Nick, how are you keeping? Hey, man, I am doing fantastic. I'm super excited to be here chatting about this acquisition. And, you know, I just want to let you know, your your patrons, if you saw on Twitter, think you're worth $70 billion, too. Wow. So Mecca wow. says $70 billion if he had it. There you I go. Lost, he would acquire lost, you guys. I just lost Nick's mic there. He said, Mecca said, and he went. Oh, really? Am I back? Yeah, am I here? Yeah, you're back yeah, now. Yeah, still here. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm actually thinking about changing our Patreon goals, right? I'm, I'm going to say, guys, <laughs> hey, you know, we could have, we like, listen, patrons, listen. All right. All right. You want to get a $70 billion? If you guys had done just a little bit more, just a little <laughs> bit more, we could have bought Activision. All right. I mean, I'm just saying, right. I'm now, now Phil Spencer's got him. You don't know what they're going to do with it. Probably just run into the ground, right? We could have done some amazing stuff. Uh, all right, gentlemen, I digress, but I do want to throw it back to Jesse. I felt bad. I, I just, I just shamed you and I said, say, hi, Jesse. How was your week? Pretty good. Uh, weird week. You know, I, I mentioned last week I had Monday and Tuesday off, so I only worked two days this week, but they were like the longest two days because <laughs> weird, because we had pretty much had four days worth of meetings crunched into two. Yeah. And so quick, quick, funny story. My, my wife decided she, she found a recipe for like hard candy that she wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And uh, it requires to, to be heated to 300 degrees. But the, the only thermometer we had was a meat thermometer. Oh. They don't they don't go up to 300 degrees. Oh. They, they only went up to 220. So she kind of guessed it. If, if you have if, if you have three of them, can you not add it all together? I was just saying that. You just take them, you just take them together. You know what I'm no, saying? You just take a couple of meat way. thermometers together. Anyway, so instead of it being a hard candy, it was more of like a gummy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It still mm, yeah. tasted pretty good, but this didn't quite work out. So what's what do I see in the uh, my Amazon cart the next day? Candy thermometer. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. 
Uh, well, good. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that you're always behind the behind the keyboard making their dreams come true. And I appreciate you. Uh, Timothy Alf, how are you? I'm doing excellent here. We're just excited to talk about all this Game Pass stuff and the news and what it's going to mean for us and Nint- Nintendo fans and all that fun stuff. Spoiler alert, not a lot. <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk about that later, of course. Well, good. Yes. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you do. I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I somehow convinced my children to take the dog for a walk today. Uh, my wife uh, had to head out for an, uh, an appointment she had this, this evening. And she was like, oh, I should take the dog for a walk. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And I came back and the kids were like, I guess we're taking the dog for a walk. And I was like, how did I just get out of this? And they took the dog for a walk. And I was like, dude, dude, like, I felt like somehow I won. Do you know what I mean? Like I had tricked the children and it worked. Uh, and now they're listening to this live and I'm like, ha ha. Hey, I tricked you. You took the dog for a walk. How do you like them apples? Huh? Or they I'm tricked working. you. No, no, they definitely <laughs> didn't. Want, they did not want to take the dog for a walk at all, <laughs> at all. So, all right. Nice. Uh, I see some people in the chat here jumping in, tuning in for the business, Justin panel discussion. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Nintendo dads meets Bloomberg's news network. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a person who hates the business Justin conversation, here's what I'm going to say to you right now. Turn your episode off. Come back Have a great week. day. Come back <laughs> next week because it is going to be a lot of business talk, but I'm excited to jump in. But in, um, nonetheless, let's digress. Jump right into our news, will we? Oops. Oh, come on. Oh, and today's show is brought to us by Manscaped, but I'm going to talk about that later. And of course, our amazing folks over at Patreon.com. Hey, if you're interested in joining our crazy community of content creators uh, that have some amazing podcasts, much like Game Pass News, head over to Patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, whereas for as little as a dollar a month, you can jump in and join us and join the Game Pass News conversation that Nick and Sean host every single week as well. All right, gentlemen. Everyone's here for the big show that is the Xbox acquisition. There is actually some Nintendo things that we're going to get through in about a total of like five minutes is what we're going to do. Because maybe you did come here. You're like, I don't care about Xbox. Give me my Nintendo news. We're going to give it to you in like five minutes and then we're going to move on. All right. Just just to be clear, though, if this acquisition didn't happen, these would be kind of, you know, like, I mean, they're not like Nintendo direct announcements, but they're pretty Decent announcements yeah, this week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there but, was some, but then, there was some stuff. Then there was an acquisition. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, Tim, help. Yeah, Tim, no, sorry. Help. Yeah, you should be, Sean. This really was your fault. Right? <laughs> absolutely was. Uh, Tim, help me break down some of the major Nintendo news that we should know about this week. Absolutely. So, some of the Nintendo news is basically all on releases that came up that we got a lot through Twitter. Uh, one of those being Banjo Kazooie is now out, released today. Um, on NSO and expansion pack. And not only that, they also announced the next NSO expansion pack game, which is coming out in February. And that's the legend of Zelda Majora's mask. So that's, I guess one ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for the big news. Screw it. We're not talking about Activision anymore. (laughs) We're just talking about Majora's mask. Looks like they stole the week. (laughs) That's right with both Banjo-Kazooie and Majora's Mask. So, <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's that news. And guess what? We what? got a release date for Star Wars Skywalker Saga. We did. What is that release date? April 5th. 
Mm-hmm. That that was, you know, that's a mic drop right there. That is again. <laughs> good night. Good night, folks. <laughs> hey, before we before we transition this, I here's a question I have. Banjo Kazooie's out. Legend of Major or Majora's Mask is coming next month. Has Nintendo just ran out of room now? All of a sudden, on that like the uh, runway that is the N sixty four games. Like, what now do they have left? Because they've well, just done it all. They listed well, they like f- six or eight games in the coming soon list, but they 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 knocked out the top two already. What the hell? I, are you I, I was about? I was surprised <laughs> that that they didn't wait. One of those wait till the end. I kind yeah, of half joke. No, they that, need to do this. They need well, to I, do I, this. I kind of half joked before that Banjo would probably be out in September, so you'd have to resub in October <laughs> in order to continue to play it. Yeah. No, I, I think Tim's right. There's a big backlash. They needed to come out uh, swinging and get these games that everybody wanted this subscription for out ASAP. So yeah, I'm glad they did it. And then it also could be if these are getting out of the way what else is coming ah and you know what i actually hear rumor nothing yeah nothing yeah. at all <laughs> that sounds about right yeah. they could drop double dash that'd be all right to drop double dash oh, was from gamecube though yeah uh, right. uh, yeah I like that we play game. Can we get that for the N64? <laughs> I thought maybe you were gonna you're going with you know something else, but all right, that works. Hey, we oh could do a little God. perfect dark. That would be something. Yes, that would yeah, be yeah. that was one of the rumors was uh, along with Goldeneye. So and of course, I, I, that's on my prediction list for this year. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the other I think the other trick of it is just like how do you get controllers? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, look at these yeah, amazing yeah. games, haha! And you're like, oh, I'm so excited to play it. And you're like, I can't get a controller because I did des- I did not decide to purchase it when they first came available. So when do I have to wait? Right? Why can't you just play it with a regular Joy Cons? Why don't you just like get out of here? <laughs> I All hear right. it's really crappy. I don't know if yeah. that's true. I've not tried it, but I hear it's I, not a, the greatest experience. I, I can't say with playing Paper Mario is until I stopped or it stopped me from it, me playing it. It stopped for you. <laughs> yeah. It, it it does have a different feel. That, that, that analog stick has a unique feel and that game is kind of built around it with some of the actions you have to do. That wouldn't have like, you have to like, tap left as fast as he can and which requires it to snap back or you have to hold left and have it snap to, to a trigger mm. if that on a modern analog stick probably wouldn't have worked as well yeah and the, uh, the modern uh, the joy cons all run on sensors rather than rack and pinions like the old n64 analog controllers were because that's the that's the the, the the nostalgia feeler is that they, they're not smooth you've got that like janky movement for it all so yeah they have the, that oct- octagonal g- guide inside, locking your analog stick to right. really eight <laughs> slots. Nick, but what do you got? The you games got deep- are designed around that. You got some deep. You I got mean, some deep cuts here for me. What do you got? Well, it's not even actually that deep, and I don't think it's on there yet. But what about like DKC sixty four or something? Uh, you know, something. I mean, I, I know it's a collectathon, and people kind of hated it for that, but. I don't know. I can see it. You got Diddy Kong Racing. I don't know. There's a, are those rare games? No, they can't be rare games. Those are Kong games. Yeah, they were made by Rare, but they they can't be owned by Rare, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good. Yeah, Diddy Kong Racing would be good. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yep. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm just saying that that runway is running pretty out pretty quickly yeah. uh, running out. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Tim, what else do we need to know about for release? There's some other major releases and one major delay that got me a little sad. But what are our other releases? Yes, yeah, so we got our uh, Kingdom Hearts is uh, mm-hmm. announced for February, available February 10th. Uh, we, our demo is available to check and make sure that the cloud version of this game and the only version of this these games will be work well on your Switch, essentially. So that's available now. Um, they are on sale, so in the U.S. at least. I don't know about the other regions, but uh, you can get the whole bundle for $72 rather than $90. And Marty did bring up a lot of a uh, good point about that. And in being that um, on Twitter, at least he was out there complaining about it being that much considering how much you can get it for and the other consoles. So uh, that's, that's, you know, a lot of stink there, but there's a lot of people who haven't played this game yet. So, yeah. uh, but the best time to get it now, uh, best time is to get it now because it is on sale for, you know, that much cheaper and if you're going to if you're thinking about getting any of them or all of you know if you're thinking about getting them one at a time it's probably best to get them all at once at a good price or possibly wait just wait till they have a big sale as well because we Mm. know that square enix is good for that maybe it'll Mm -hmm. drop down again but yeah uh question nick sean uh either of you guys ever played any of these uh kingdom heart Kingdom Kingdom Hearts games? Uh, no, I think I played one. I played one at the, around the time that I was trying to get into RPGs. Um, playing Final, I think it was around Final Fantasy VII era. I tried then, but the, the, those kind of games aren't for me at all. So, wait, but yeah. I do want to. Is this is this Kingdom Hearts all in one package on PlayStation for twenty five dollars? Is that what we're talking? Yes. About? Yes. Holy crap. That is a crazy <laughs> markup. I just look, I didn't know how much the markup was, but yeah, that deserves to be called out for yeah. sure. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The, the, the normal prices without any discounts per game is $39.99 for 1.5 plus 2.5 and $49.99 each for 2.8 and, and three. So add those together that's 140 dollars so so if you want to play these on switch and you think you want to get them all getting the bundle on a discount at 72 is almost half the price but still yeah, yeah i agree compared to the 25 dollars, you get the same thing for a playstation it is weird and kind of insane oh, yeah i'm sure kingdom house free is literally either just left or currently leaving mm-hmm. game pass as well no it's off yeah yeah they just it's funny. I mean, I don't, I'd love to know how those contracts work because it's true. A lot of times we'll see something fall off and then Outer Wilds is a point of that. It fell off of Game Pass and then it got announced for Nintendo, but then it came back right as it came back, right as it was supposed to get released for Nintendo. It's funny how that works. Yeah. yeah. We, still don't have, we still don't have a release date for that, do we, for Nintendo? No, not it? yet. No Outer Wilds for Nintendo Switch yet. No that date. In, that in Fall Guys, I'm going to start having some words with. Um... <laughs> Speaking of games that have been delayed, Tim, what is our last game? Life is Strange Remastered oh. Collection was delayed until later in 2022. Not even a date, just later. So it'll still release on other consoles, PC, and Stadia. Stadia. Um, yes, on February 1st, as planned. Stadia. <laughs> um, which is interesting because it's like, okay, again, we're getting everybody else gets it, but for some reason, Switch has to be held back 
but it makes sense because I've always said that it seems like whenever a company releases or tries to release a game for the switch with everybody else, there's always a problem with the switch version. So there's, we have to wait anyways to get the uh, first updates, you know, to get the kinks out. So just a matter of figuring out what the company's going to do in this case, they're, they're holding it back until they get the kinks out themselves before. Yep. Okay. And there's actually one other game on here that was, that was not announced on here, not on our list that was delayed dead by daylight two, uh, which is scheduled to come out in like two weeks from now. The Nintendo switch cloud version has been delayed. That's right. Yeah. Sink that one in folks. The wow. cloud version was delayed. So I don't know. That's an is interesting there a, one. I didn't hear this. So is there a new window or just not, not the fourth? Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I was like, heard. I was like, is there a joke in that one? I don't get it. Um, <laughs> just the way you said it. Uh, no, they have not given a new date. Not new date at all. Yeah, John and I were talking about it. it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, do, so this one can't be the switch architecture, right? Because it's not, it's on a, it's on a server somewhere. So did they just not check the servers before they went to throw it on? And they're like, throw it on. They're like, Oh, uh, this doesn't work. What's it? We got, I, I don't know. I just, I'd love you to know, know the, so here, Nick, I'm going to tell you behind the scenes what happened. So they up, they upload it. Right. And uh, they're doing some QA testing. And all of a sudden they realize that the, uh, the X, Y, and the AB buttons on the face and what they programmed completely wrong. <laughs> completely wrong and so like we got to take the whole thing down scrap the project rebuild it from scratch because they can't you know because everything is like hey press the y button you're like oh it's the x button you know and they're like i don't know what's going on it's gonna it's gonna joke but that would be great in 20 years from now if they're like yeah that that was really it that is legitimately what happened right because it's the only console that has the wrong letters comparatively but isn't it the playstation doesn't even have letters in the right place Yes, yeah. that's that is exactly I agree. Here's I do agree with you, Sean. It's the it's the right place for them. It's the first console to do it. And then the you know, everyone else just didn't do it. like why couldn't everyone else just follow the same rules? They're like, we're why? gonna be different, we're gonna flip the letters. <laughs> I swear it was I, I think it was a lawsuit, to be completely honest. I think it was a lawsuit waiting to happen. And so someone said, It's not the same if we flip the letters. It's not the like, same if I'm, we add shapes. <laughs> but even if even Nintendo got it right with the actual like you know you are everything's in the X plane and then the Y plane so mm-hmm. X at the top vertical Y horizontal mm-hmm. so they, they even got it in the correct plane and yeah it probably is a listen uh, I've been streaming lot. Xbox games for like a ye- a yearish now a little bit more and I still sometimes I'm like oh shit I gotta look let me see I feel like such a, a noob every time I have to do it it's I tough. do that all the time when I'm when I'm like when I'm playing either Xbox or Stadia I'm like ah it's something about the letters too is it's like it's really yeah. it it has nothing to do with the letters it's about the placement of where that button is and so it's a matter of just telling your brain okay you got to hit that either left right or up or down you know button <laughs> yeah. tell you where tell you where uh, xbox should have spent their 70 billion dollars right <laughs> proper proper button placement you know what i'm saying right. you know what i'm saying I, phil spencer don't you pretend like you don't listen to this podcast i found an article that's that says that the, the press release announced the delay says it will be within six months of the original release date so no window other than we here in now. august yeah. yeah. Guess what is a good way to cut a game's hype down on the knees? 
is uh, is by delaying when it's being released on multi-platform. Yeah. And two weeks before yeah. release. Yeah. And like nobody in six months from now is going to be like, I want to pay full price for this game. <laughs> nope. That's not going to happen. And guess what? Especially they're not going to play it on Xbox. Yeah. And they're not going <laughs> to discount it. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, the, that's the truth. It'll come out on Game Pass the same, the yeah, same time right. it finally releases <laughs> for yep. the Switch. Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, that's it for game releases. The only other news that we have left is that Cuphead show will hit Netflix on February 18th. Did you guys watch this trailer? I have I not. not seen the trailer. You guys have not seen the trailer. No one's watched. I, no one's watched. The trailer's great. Are you kidding nope. me? Didn't watch I, it. I, I just saw the headline and put it in the notes. Uh, <laughs> it's two minutes out of your life. Watch the trailer. Uh, I, I haven't had two minutes in my life. Oh, don't this. give me that. Don't. Yeah, how many pick cross? How many pick cross games did you finish this week? He's making choices. He's I like, want to know. I'm, I'm taking my two minutes and giving it to pick cross. <laughs> you son of a gun! Uh, I didn't know there was a trailer. I knew about the show. I'm excited about that, but I didn't know we had a trailer out. Yeah, I didn't know there was a trailer either. So I'm, I'm like, oh, I might have to look at that now because I want to know if they're using the uh, soundtrack that they use in the game because I, that'd be amazing to watch. I saw the trailer there, sitting there, playing his day, and I was just like, oh, that's nice, and then kept going, kept scrolling through. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Back to his cat videos. <laughs> right? That's right. Those cat videos crack me up. I tell you, I'm oh. in tears. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the reason that you came here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Sean and Nick are here. We're going to break down this entire Xbox news. Xbox announces on Tuesday morning. It's like bright and early. It was like six at 30 Mountain Standard Time. The crack of dawn in this side of the world. Sean was like, I was halfway through my day uh, (laughs) that they are acquiring Activision Blizzard for just shy of 70 billion dollars. And again, ladies and gentlemen, what I believe was probably the biggest video game event news I can remember uh, absolutely massive. The entire world kind of blow. You know, if you're a gamer, you have so many thoughts on this. I'm sure we're going to try and break down this conversation in so many different ways. We can talk about it from the Xbox side and talk about it from what does it mean to game pass. We're going to talk about it, about what does it mean for all the companies that actually Activision Blizzard owned or bought prior to this because they owned a ton of games and companies what does this mean for their suite of games what does this mean for the hot mess of a trash person that is bobby kodak as the ceo of that company what does it mean from the playstation side what does it mean the mean about monopoly not the game but other but, but the actual like thing that's now occurring and what happens to nintendo all of that and so much more we're going to break it down but I'm going to start hot and fresh with Sean and Nick because that's why they're here, gentlemen. Before how did we this do, land with before, you? Before we do that, I'm not I doing actually, my ad. I'm not doing my I ad. Act, no, but I actually have a bumper prepared for this. Oh my god! Go ahead then. Dang, I'm. A, we might steal that. I don't know. That's good. I like it. What is? What is that? That was a breaking news, breaking news sound thing. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, we want, we, we, we want that. How much for that? We'll give you 70 million. So, Jesse, I want a very, can I quickly Jesse? answer Solo something's question? Jesse, can we go, can you head over to the YouTube chat, chat and get some, um, some people um, muted or banned for us, please? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. That'd, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Uh, sorry, Sean, can you go ahead, sir? I don't want to give you more attention to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Solo was asked where I was when the news broke. I was asleep. Freaking asleep you were, Solo. <laughs> yeah, I was working nights. So I was on UK flips time. So I like, I literally like woke up, looked at my phone and had this string of messages from Nick. Like, have you seen the news? Activision have bought, wake up, what are you doing? And then like I messaged him and I was like, I, I literally just woken up. And he's like, why is it live? And then it just went. Yeah. So, yeah. I ended every one of my Discord messages with, no, no, you keep sleeping. It's okay, Sean. <laughs> I was like, can you believe this? You just keep sleeping. Oh, my gosh. They want us to be on then dad, dad, dads. You just keep sleeping. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, any kind of like, you know, you, and this, this news has probably sat with you guys for a little bit of time. Any kind of initial gut reactions or thoughts before we start having this conversation? Uh <laughs> my, for me, my first reaction, I, well, I mean, you can go on our Twitter. I'm not, I can't say it here live, but my first reaction was an X. I literally like, I looked at my phone and it was like, they acquired, acquired. Like I just, I was blown away by the whole idea. And then the number, all those zeros, I was like, oh, this is, this is just crazy. And you immediately start thinking about what it does to Game Pass and what it, what that, what it means for Game Pass, what it means for uh, video gaming as a whole and you I don't know you immediately start having that like unbiased conversation with yourself of like is this really good like I'm really happy for Xbox but is this really good you know like I mean it's just yeah there was a lot that happened in that little time so let's let's talk about that pocket there actually Nick because I think that's a really great question right because I think I I went to wow this is such an amazing thing wow that's 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 a way to solve the uh, Activision lawsuit Bobby Kodak problem Right. And and then I went, is this is this actually good? Right. And so, Nick, I want to sit in this pocket and ask you, like, when you were thinking about that, what does that mean? What is this actually good? What were you thinking about in relation to that? Well, it's just, you know, there's there's not a lot of triple A developers uh, left, really. And I mean, and the people uh, Xbox is the one that's really making them go away and acquiring them with Bethesda and now Activision. And it's like, well, you know, it, is it is it good that one company is acquiring and, and owning all of these AAA developers, especially on the back of uh, we may not completely have understood when Xbox said, yeah, we want inclusivity. We want people to be we want you to be able to play these games everywhere. We may not understood that completely as you see like Starfield come out and Xbox is like, no, this is going to be on Game Pass, you know? Like all of a sudden it's like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't feel real inclusive. You know, that feels kind of like, it's just, that seems kind of exclusive really. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, and it's like, well, how does that, how is that going to work with Activision's game? And at some level you kind of have to, you have this tug and pull like, well, you have to, you can't blame them. They just spent $70 billion on this thing, yeah. right? Like <laughs> what did you expect? Um, so, but you, you do, I mean, I want the gaming industry as a whole. I'm a Nintendo fan. I'm an Xbox fan. And I certainly want to see Sony do great things, too, because, I mean, as you say often, as all you guys do on this podcast, it only helps the industry as a whole. So uh, you want to see them all thrive. And it's like, well, is this going to help the industry as a whole thrive? That's what that's kind of what goes through my brain. Yeah. Tim, what about what about you as, as this news kind of broke? 
I actually uh, worked late the night before, so I got up a little um, later too that morning. And as soon as I got up and looked at my phone, that was at actually the top of the news on my phone uh, was that. And I had to reread it several times just mm-hmm. to see like, who is this a real account? What's going on here? Mm. <laughs> you know, because you always have to check those stupid real account things. But and then I was just like, OK, and then I immediately went into the discord because I knew everybody was going to be blowing it up in there. And it certainly was. And it was just like everywhere. It was just what's going on. And just all our friends and their podcasts and and, you know, these guys. And just it was just amazing news and just some and just. Like like Nick was saying, you know, as a gamer fan at, from all angles, just where is this going? And then even to the days leading up to today with Phil's, you know, tweet about him talking to Sony, you know, it was just crazy mind blowing just how different this is compared to us growing up with the SNES Genesis yeah. days where it's like you pick one side or the other dude. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to pull in the, the tweet that Tim is referencing right now from Phil Spencer's uh, Twitter account uh, tweeted six hours ago, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep call of duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Um, this was very much uh, kind of earlier in the earlier in the day, I saw a conversation from Sony, which was essentially, I'm sure that Microsoft will be very kind to ensure they're honoring their prior deals uh, in, in this as well. This is definitely putting Sony in a very interesting situation. And it's interesting here also that they specifically in this tweet call, call out Call of Duty. And that's actually really important for us to have a conversation about. So let's maybe talk a little bit about that. Nick, I saw you shaking your head when I said Call of Duty. Why is that so important? Well, <laughs> I, I, it's, it, to me, it's important because that's their bread and butter of users. And if you're, if you're Xbox, I mean, it's 110 million current users they have on, on Call of Duty, Activision has. Um, last and last count that I was able to find online. Um, and that's important to Xbox because Xbox is trying uh, desperately hard to get people on Game Pass. And 110 million users uh, just makes, quite frankly, it makes Microsoft salivate to think that yeah. all, to think that even if they could have half of those people mm-hmm. come over to their Game Pass subscription, I guarantee you they would start talking quarterlies about profit instead of revenue. And that would make, that would make everybody really happy in, yeah. in the Xbox world. I think they announced their current subscription numbers are like 25 million. 25 million, mm-hmm. which I believe their last time they had mentioned it was 17 million. So they're up by about 25%, give or take, give or take some loose numbers there. That's a really good, um, uh, um, kind of increase in regards to, to Game Pass. Very interesting to see if we roll this clock forward in, in one year from now, what does this mean, right? Are we going to see people now beginning to buy more into this? But I want to sit in the Call of Duty pocket for a second here. Now, anyone on this on this call, a big Call of Duty fan? Sean, I, why do I think you are? Am I wrong? Yes, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sean, talk to me a little bit about Call of Duty and, and what, what does this mean for, for the uh, gaming well, this is what I thought initially when I saw the deal. I was like, oh, wow, cool. Does that mean I'm going to get like Call of Duty, like the, the current version of Vanguard as part of my um, subscription with Game Pass? 
And then I saw that it's not until 2023. And then I thought, well, hang on a second. Then am I going to get a back catalog of Call of Duty games? So am I going to get Black Ops and Black Ops 2? Am I going to get Cold War? If, you know, am I going to get all these kind of things? And then I sat there and thought for a while, I went down the route of, hang on, are they going to like hold Call of Duty to hostage? Are they going to like, you know, force people to this? And then I get, and then like, the other side of me is like, they can't do that. This is such a big game across many different platforms, PC, PlayStation, Xbox. To, to And we tra- we talked about it in our stream that like Nick's basically in the, the mindset of, yeah, they're going to hold this. You know, it's a big game. It's going to draw people in. You know, Activision got 100, over 110 current users for this game, 110 million current users. It, you know, it's if you wanted to say, look, you can't play this game unless you've got a Game Pass subscription, it's going to be a guaranteed revenue for them. But at the same time, I think it'd be a really soft topic if they did that. It'd be a really foul thing for Xbox to do to a game like that and hold on to it. So, yeah. And it's, and it's so interesting. Like the, the call of duty thing is, is such a, is such a big deal. And just, just maybe you're like, I don't, you know, it's call of duty. I don't get it. Right. Here's just a quick piece of information. I want you to kind of noodle around as we talk about Call of Duty and Activision Blizzard. Uh, the NPD numbers for 2021 came out as the, what were the top 20 best-selling games in 2021 in the U.S.? And ladies and gentlemen, number one, Call of Duty Vanguard from Activision Blizzard. Call of Duty Vanguard was released in September. It only had two, three and a half months. Sorry, I apologize. Two and a half months to essentially get to that spot, three and a half. And the second one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, followed by number three, Madden NFL 2022, Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl, uh, Battlefield uh, 2042, Miles Morales, Mario Kart 8. Also, what's up with that? Uh, Resident Evil Village, MLB The Show, and uh, Super Mario 3D World. The number two, the top two games for the most games sold, right, in 2021 are Call of Duty games. Here's the reality. Like, you might, you know, Activision, you might think uh, everything's going on with uh, Bobby Kotick and their harassment and they're being sued and all that that they are an absolute dumpster fire of a company potentially, or at least their leadership, higher leadership is. And and, and I'm not debating that at all. They make money, right? They have a formula that they know. And when they just spent uh, Xbox $70 billion, guess what? They are going to want that money back in spades as well to make money. And Call of Duty is one of the ways they're going to do that. Now, I'm hoping that what we're going to see from Microsoft is them becoming better stewards of the brands, right? Um, and, and to allow, because really what Activision has done over the last several years is a buy a bunch of small uh, developers. Uh, Toys for Bobs is one of the ones that came out uh, in, in my mind as well. Sledgehammer Games. And they bring, them in, they bring them into this roster and say, you are now Call of Duty, right? They acquired a bunch of developers and said, all you now develop is Call of Duty. Um, and, and so the hope here is that maybe that might free up some of their space as well. Uh, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on kind of that idea? Um, I could, I could definitely see them doing something like that. Sean, um, there's a good conversation going on. Abysel says about Warzone being free. Like, is it, is it free or what, how does the, how does the pricing yeah, work in that? I don't know. So, 
So Call of Duty Warzone is is basically Activision's version of Fortnite. It's a free to it's a free to download, free to play game with a season. You, you've got that whole season battle pass bundle that you can buy into to unlock more skins, unlock more weapon skins, more weapons in the game, bits and pieces like that. So Warzone is basically their free to play PvP. Um, so, and they they then. They then kind of dress it up to match the current game that's released. So initially it was advanced warfare kind of style. And then as they had Cold War, they moved like the map. They did a Fortnite and basically destroyed the map to the map and then made it look like um like nineteen eighty six, which was the Cold War era for um like uh like Ukraine and, and that side of things towards Russia. And now what they've done now is with Vanguard, I think it's gone back even further and they've dressed the map to suit the current game. Um, so you don't have to, to, to play Warzone, you don't have to buy the current Call of Duty game. You can just, you can ignore it, you never have to get it. But if you do buy the current game, you get a load more operators and more skins that you can play in okay. Warzone. So the Warzone. They, they kind of, yeah, they go hand in hand, but you don't have to buy a okay. copy of Call of Duty to play Warzone. Okay, so Warzone is the overarching battle royale game, and then they release like a yearly installment that you have to pay for, basically. Okay. Yes, and Thanks. but you, you don't have to buy into that only unless you want to play like the team deathmatch, sure. free for all, capture the flag style stuff. Sorry, it, I just didn't know. No, it's okay. And again, the call of call, I mean, Call of Duty people buy consoles for Call of Duty, right? That is a that is a you know much like in the UK. People buy FIFA or consoles for FIFA, right? That is a that is a game and a product that moves systems. Um, so that being brought in is a big deal. So this conversation that Xbox is having with PlayStation about where Call of Duty is going to live is critical. And I'm sure that PlayStation got on the phone real fast and said, we need to talk about this, right? Because that is a huge game for their platform and for why people would purchase a PlayStation 5 or stay in that ecosystem, what Xbox has done is making a stronger argument for why they are the ecosystem of choice for, for anyone going forward. And Sean, I think I saw you were going to say something. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I believe, and somebody might correct me if I'm wrong, but Activision were the like exclusive to Sony. So, uh, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe in the past they've had Call of Duty early compared to PC and Xbox. I'm, I mean, I could, become, I could be, I think that could deal's be, gone back and forth over the years, but yeah. that they they have, I think it has been with PlayStation. I've, I've noticed that um, there was usually some DLC too that Sony had that Xbox didn't have. Yeah. Or some extras. So mm-hmm. yeah. So so for for Xbox now to have basically an exclusive developer with Sony. It's kind of like a come to us if you want, you know, if you want more biscuits. That's the part of the uh, tweet that I I respect a lot from, from Phil's perspective, because again, not used to seeing this stuff until the last few years where he, at the last sentence is Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. And, And I, and I think, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of, there is a little bit of corporate word uh, reading between yes. the lines. Yes, yes there is definitely. Right? But and, still. And, 
but there's there's a statement right before that which which we're missing. Obviously, Phil came out saying, "Yeah, for sure." But but Sony stated to them that uh, Sony's responded their, their first time response to the uh, acquisition and said that it expects games to remain multi-platform due to contractual agreements. So essentially what happened was when this went through, the Sony lawyer team began going through their contracts as quick as possible and saying, what is our agreement with Activision Blizzard regarding the games? And is there any clause of that if they're purchased or acquired that we still can continue to agree on multi-platforms? And and Xbox does have a history of honoring those agreements. They do. Yes. Deathloop is a great example. Psychonauts 2. Yes, and while not exactly the same, it still had the same uh, gotcha that I'll bring up shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, MLB was a show when that was multi-platform for the first time. It was released on both systems, but it was also free with Game Pass. So yeah. that's kind of like the yeah, we'll we'll still honor it, but you won't want to play it over here instead. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah. This is this is so corporate legal speak in regards to this. Uh, but like, I can probably reassure you that each each CEO is kind of playing like a little bit of stalemate and has their lawyer their law teams on speed dial. And I can guarantee you that Sony has been spending the entire week ripping through contracts and trying to determine where the verbiage says if something happens, we can we can basically take you know someone to court about it to ensure it. This is such, I mean, we're not talking about pennies here. We're talking about a billion dollar agreement and contract. This is absolutely massive. Yeah. You know, there's, I've been, this is, this one is crazy. They could just, um, they could just say, you know what, Sony have, uh, have Call of Duty. We're going to get our money out of it anyways. And that's fine, especially because they have the PC market, which I kind of did some research in this. And the PC market is the larger portion of that of those users. And they can still be able to say, hey, we have PC Game Pass. Now you're not your only place you're going to get Call of Duty now on the PC is if you come to the Microsoft store and you can get Game Pass and you'll get it for free. And I think that'll be a big catch for them. And I think they'll get a lot of people that way when it comes to Call of Duty. But they could also play i mean phil uses the word uh, we desire which is also more of that like reading between the lines listen phil could have came out and said listen call duty is going to be just like it was always you're going to purchase it except you know microsoft is going to get your money instead of activision now because we acquired him he didn't come out and say that though he said well you know he's important and we really desire to have these games there and it's like that's his that's his like step back where he gets to say well, you know, we said we desired, uh, but, you know, 2024 is here and those contextual agreements are up and things didn't work out as well as we had hoped with that partnership. And so now it's ours or now if they want it, they have to go through Game Pass or maybe it's on the PlayStation Store. You download it, comes to uh, comes to a spot on the game where you can either log in to Xbox's server and they say, oh, you're a Game Pass member on PlayStation Store, you get to play this for free, or you're not, you can be one, or you can pay the $70 it's going to cost to get it. I, I mean, I, I think you're 100% right there, Nick. I mean, this is bu- this is business like 101. The statement of desire is such an, yeah, we desire that, presuming you play by our rules. And yeah. I think, you know, Phil has been so blunt about his statement of, uh, I want Game Pass everywhere. Right. So him rolling up to Xbox, we like our Sony saying, hey, sure, guys, we would definitely desire that. Um, here's a way that we could do that. What do you think about 
Game Pass being on your platform. Yeah. You want to you want you want to keep this Call of Duty thing going? Uh, listen, we'll even renegotiate some of the like the the, the what the cut is. But by the way, mm-hmm. this is coming to your platform if you want to keep this stuff coming. Uh, sh- uh, Jesse, throwing to you. Yeah, they because Sony definitely wouldn't want to lose out on their thirty-ish percent cut of any DLC purchases through that run through the PSN store. Even though even though that may lose out on the seventy-dollar costs of per game, so they have to weigh that. But if more people are going to probably leaving them and go to Xbox anyway because of this, they probably will want to hold on to as much as they can. I was also looking over at what what games Toys for Bob, what what games Toys for Bob did. You know, they they're mm-hmm. Skylanders, Spyro, uh, Crash Four. So mm-hmm. going back to talk about talking about the agreements, so we'll probably still have you know new Call of Duty this year and next year. Mm-hmm. And maybe even twenty four because you know, mm-hmm. you know they have four developers yeah. working Call of Duty. They're in, they they're got, in cycle they, times. Yeah, they got four games in development, but twenty twenty six, we we might start seeing them going. Exp- oh no, this is exclusive now. Th- thanks Sony. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Bye bye. And also, and you know, and what I, what I would like to see is them to get out of this annual thing with mm-hmm. four teams. Maybe mm-hmm. shrink that down back to two teams going with every other year release cycle. So you're still, you're still giving them four years to make a game. And then those teams you just freed up, put them on, a, on new projects. Because I'm sure Toys for Bob, you know, they, they've got a creative library here. They yeah. would like to see what I, else they can do other than just pew pew games for the rest of their lives. There's such an interesting, there's so much to dissect there. And actually today, uh, reading off of Game Informer, Headline is Xbox head Phil Spencer says Microsoft will talk with developers about reviving older Activision Blizzard franchises, right? So you're exactly, we had these, you know, Toys for Bob being a great example, amazing games they've come into. They've literally had to shelve their IPs, right? So this is the interesting thing that people have to remember. It's all three. that, That Microsoft has bought these companies that had a suite of IPs that sat back there that no one has done anything with. Right. Crash Bandicoot is now an IP potentially right that Microsoft can use now or or to to develop more on. Right. Spyro is another great example of it. So they have these other IPs. Now, here's the other thing I like about your commentary there, Jesse. We have to remember that, yes, this, this Activision Blizzard acquisition, they have so many studios here. But, you know, take three steps back. Microsoft has so many studios they purchased from all of them now that they can be like, you know what, Activision teams, I've got resources over here in this other studio, right? That's currently not, maybe they're the, maybe they're the team who's developing. Um, what do they own, like 40 the, studios now? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Hey, hey, uh, Call of Duty guys, uh, Treyarch, uh, Sledgehammer, why don't you guys go spend some time with uh, 343, right? Or, or go spend some time with those guys, right? Um, and let's have a conversation about, what did we do for Halo, right? Why don't you go spend some time with uh, Bethesda? What do they do for Doom? They have an opportunity not only to share better tools, technology, but also talent and resources, right? So those teams that are, may- that are maybe burnt out on playing call or doing Call of Duty could now be developed by Bethesda, right? They could, I mean, they, they you, I'm sorry, but Philly's writing the checks. He can move people. He can move resources. I mean, you've got now a talented um, infrastructure that you could do so much with. Sean, I see you've got, got something going on there. Yeah, it just with that, that, they completely did not think about that. Microsoft's already got like 
people in the background with stuff like Bethesda who make Doom. And now they've got the people with Activision and Blizzard that made and Treyarch and Infinity and Infinity Ward that made a really good open world style PvP battle royale. Marry them together and give me a Doom version of Warzone, and I will just absolutely make a mess. Here's, here's the part of that though and phil has been very particular about about bringing this up and kind of doing his mea culpa not for him but in the past for xbox with rare they messed up rare bad when they acquired them he said that publicly said that they learned a lot from that and that they really want developers to be who they want to be and help to make them the best that they are. So I think he's going to be very slow to be like, Hey, you just go over here and do that. And you come over here because that's kind of what they did with rare and said, you build this and you make that. Cause you're a great studio. Well, they had them build and make stuff that wasn't in their wheelhouse. And all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, these games coming out are not what we expected. And I, and he has said they've learned from that. And so hopefully they have, and they'll be able to work with them to make Activision better. And that may mean marrying them with other teams, but that also may mean not what we would like to have it mean because marrying those teams together won't produce what you would think on paper it would produce. And I think that's what they learned from Rare. And hopefully hopefully they can kind of dodge and weave that and make it work out. Unless well. it's what the devs want to do. Right, exactly. Like they could be excited about, hey, we make doom over here, but we want to go talk to the halo guys because they do the X, Y, Z that we're interested in. So, yeah. Yeah. If it works out well, that's awesome. But I think that they'll be, they'll be slow to move on, on those changes to make sure that they're do the right thing and they don't force something that, that ends up being the wrong thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, so much. We're, we're, we're going to keep breaking this down. A uh, sure. question that has come up in the chat. Mecha Dragon asks, Justin, answer me this. What are the chances that the government might shut down this acquisition due to antitrust rule or fear of a monopoly? <sighs> Nick, you were talking about this, right? To start off a little bit, right? I mean, I think not only what does it mean for gaming, but actually is Microsoft now getting themselves into into monopoly? Right. Because when you start thinking of it, we talked about these third party developers. There ain't a lot left now. Right. That we can pick up. Um, what are your thoughts on this idea of monopoly? I have some thoughts as well, but I'd like to hear what you guys are thinking. Um, I think it might cost a little bit more for people to to approach those developers. But I don't think Microsoft are going to turn around and say, no, you can't use them. I think they'll just be a we need a cut or we need a mention or let's talk about an exclusive deal. So if you want to make this game and you want to use our developers, can we make this day one exclusive for Game Pass? Or can we make this day one exclusive just for Xbox and hold it for six to 12 months before you allow it on Nintendo or on Sony or Stadia or something like that? Um, but I can't see that they're going to monopolize and I can just see that the, the, there could be deals worked in there because you're using their developers now. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, I guess... I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. They, um, uh, this talk reminded me of during our predictions episode, which I swear was two or three weeks ago, but no, it was just last week. Uh, we talked about, you know, like, like Tim's prediction was Nintendo will buy another game studio. And I kind of backed it up with, yeah, I think it might be a good time to do it because the development pools are starting to dry up. I wasn't, we weren't expecting to see this come down a week later. 
Um, yeah, I, that's funny. And if, and if any of you would have predicted that Microsoft bought Activision, you would have won. No matter what the hell else you predicted in this entire predictions episode, you would have won. I just want you to know. That's just how it would have gone 70 billion out. points. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you might have been in trouble. Um, so three things. I, I think, one, um, they are going to try to put uh, Game Pass, and they're going to try to say that uh, Activision's games and their games from their developers are on as many stu- are on many platforms as possible because they're offering Game Pass to anybody who wants it, and they're going to try to use that to get out of the monopoly issue. Um, to the antitrust thing of like, are they gobbling up competition? Uh, I, according, I'm not a lawyer, but I've read I tried I've read about four or five articles. Um, Activision and Microsoft by our laws don't look. At, they don't look at each other. They, the laws don't look at them as competition. It, if they ate up like Sony or Nintendo, that would be a totally different ball game. But I mean, Bethesda went through without much of an issue. And the third thing is, if there is an issue, if there's any company that is good at uh, doing antitrust laws, uh, a la Netscape and Internet Explorer, um, it's Microsoft. So they definitely got the lawyers who have done the stuff and they've been they've been through this before. So that's that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah, this is kind yeah. of similar to the Disney Fox deal from a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. And we saw how long that took to for the ink to dry and it's going to be at least that long for this. But, you know, at least that they are were actually competitors and that still went yeah. through. And, but there was still enough other movie th- studios around that there aren't quote unquote a monopoly. Here I think is the same, you know. Sony and Nintendo and are still there. So uh, again, yeah, the amount of dev resources is drying up for third-party development. But in terms of a monopoly in the console business, no, that's still that that really hasn't changed. No, and I mean you think of you think of obviously the AAA developer space like this, but I mean you also have to remember there's so many indie developers, right? There's other companies, right? So it's really not quite the exact same. I do understand why people think of it. I think the other part of it is also um, there is such a scrutiny now nowadays regarding potentially big companies or sorry, big tech companies. Right. Uh, that has especially been something to, to, to kind of be cautious and aware of as well. I definitely agree with Nick in regards to listen, they kind of got themselves out of this back in the 90s. So they probably got a little bit of muscle memory on how to do it. Um, So I don't think so. Now, a couple of things we do have to remember that we haven't maybe talked about the details here. Uh, The deal does not actually close uh, until 2023. And if memory serves, maybe Nick or Sean, keep me honest here. It's June 30th, as I recall, is is when it is planning to. Now, for all intents and purposes, both companies, until the acquisition is completed, need to actually work as completely separate entities, um, continuing business as is until the business, until the actual deal is closed, which means it basically has 18 months to go through all the federal regulations and regulatory bodies and works that need to be completed to actually have this occur. So this is one of the reasons why, when the acquisition was announced, that Bobby Kodak, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, did not go anywhere because when you're in an acquisition, having your CEO all of a sudden leave, um, even if you are during the acquisition, is not a good phase at all, right? Because remember, they have not officially been signed off by regulatory individuals yet, right? The government has not blessed ye yet. So you can't be like, well, Phil's in, Bobby's out, see you later. Unfortunately, that isn't how that works. Nothing from a organizational kind of upper leadership management perspective can really change until the acquisition is actually completed. So Bobby Kodak, right, who 
we don't necessarily like, right? And we can definitely agree is, is not a good steward of Activision Blizzard or just a generally great person still has to be there. Because you have to remember, Bobby Kotick is, is responsible for the stock prices, right? And how it performs. So despite being purchased by, by um, Xbox, for a CEO all of a sudden to leave an organization can have a drastic impact to the stock prices and changes it, right? Which now is, is, is tied in essentially to Xbox. So there are some absolute challenges in regards to that. So um, gentlemen, maybe let's talk a little bit about the that, the culture at um Activision Blizzard, right? The the lawsuit that's been going through. Bobby Kotick still there as CEO. Um, Phil Spencer being very direct and saying, like carving out directly in the communication during the acquisition. When the acquisition is done, Bobby Kotick will report directly to Phil Spencer, right? And a lot of kind of off the record conversation saying Bobby will be with the company until the acquisition is completed, and then he will decide to leave the organization. What are your thoughts about this as maybe stewards of, uh, of, of gaming or as, as pundits in the industry? Um, I, I, think, I think this was when, when Phil sat down with the board, I think this was the biggest conversation. Like, hey, guys, let's spend $70 billion. I think the board was like, sure, it's Activision. We'll get our money back in no time. But do we want to take on this culture when, I mean, Phil Spencer and Microsoft has done such a good job of kind of being – the stewards are out in front in the video game industry of like, let's be inclusive. Let's mm-hmm. make controllers that work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's make accessibility in all of our games. I mean, Forza Horizon got all those accessibility awards because that was something that was top on their on their deal. Do we want to take this on? And I think um, really we won't know until it all shakes out. They have, if they can do it right, they will be the heroes of the video gaming industry. And I don't know if that means Bobby Kodak is fired immediately or if they can just change the culture within. Um, but if they can do it right, they'll be the heroes. But man, it could go oh so wrong. Like it's just, it's just the truth. Yeah, I, I think this was, you know, this was such an interesting statement, right? Because it was Phil, Phil is, I think, the first one to kind of blatantly say, we don't like what Activision Blizzard mm-hmm. is doing. And we don't agree with it. And we need to think about how we handle them differently. And I wonder where that conversation was in regards to this acquisition, right? I wonder if back in August, when the, the California came forward and started, started suing and started putting charges against Activision Blizzard, and it may have been before August, I apologize. If that was a time that Phil Spencer said, you know what we'll just do? Screw it. We're just going to buy them and we're going to take over. But you're right, Nick. This now puts Xbox... And Phil kind of at the head of that table saying, we believe the culture needs to be different. We believe we need to treat our employees ethically. We need to treat them, you know, through equity. We need to, you know, uh, ensure diversity, inclusion. We need to do what is right because people need to be treated properly. Um, So, you know what? We're the company that can do that, right? We're the person who's going to stand in front and we're going to make that happen. Because obviously, obviously, the current board at Activision Blizzard isn't doing that. They're not making the changes they need to. They're not removing the leadership they need to. So screw it. Go get me my checkbook. I'm going to write a couple zeros and then we're going to solve it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just reading through because I, I didn't, I'll say this now, I wasn't completely au okay fait with everything that had been going on at Activision. So I'm currently in the middle of reading a Wall Street Journal piece about what's been going on. And 
I don't think it's as much uh, Activision's board that are to blame. I looking at this, it is down to just Bobby not being honest well, and foremost about what's been going on. So there, so there's definitely, there's definitely. Well, so here's the thing: so the Bobby Kotick is definitely to be blamed. There is leaders, you know, leader. The actions that occurred at Activision Blizzard lead from the top, right? Someone has someone has has modeled that either has modeled that behavior or let it go and said, that's okay. We're not going to punish you, right? You're an amazing creator and you've done amazing things and you bring us awesome games. So we're going to let your, you know, horrible behavior be okay. And, and so we're going to let it go. So whether Bobby did it himself, now there is some commentary about stuff that Bobby did do, right? Um, but you're ultimately responsible. It's your head on that block, right? And so what I mean by the board there, Sean, is specifically they didn't remove Bobby, right? Yeah. The board could have removed Bobby. They didn't do that, right? So now it feels like, well, F it. I'm just going to buy it and I'll do it. Right. And that's exactly what's what's going to happen. I think yeah, it's- I'm, 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 I'm most things and most journalists and most like journalist websites are all saying that they expect him to leave when the change happens. Yeah. So yeah. the really unfortunate thing, though, is is and this is this is this is the, the harsh reality of corporate world is he is just going to get richer when he leaves because his, yeah. his golden parachute to get out is, is pretty, pretty golden, right? Uh, he makes a, a, an absolute boatload of money. Um, and and uh, so I think I read somewhere that his, with the, the value of his shares is in the area of $400 million. Yeah, I've just, just is literally that, read Is that, that before well. or after the stock went up 30%? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> that is exactly it. Like he just became, he just became exponentially richer. Yeah. Uh, I do. Like, I find this, this, I find this from Phil. So, so interesting. This was a week ago that he did an interview with the New York times. Like we literally read this on our podcast last week. He says, in terms of the work we do with other companies, again, I would rather help other companies than try to get into punishing. I don't think my job is out there to punish other companies, but try to guide them. Like, like he wrote that, he wrote that, or he said that basically seven days before he knew he was going to push out a tweet and say, yeah, we just bought Activision. I mean, yeah. I mean that's just crazy to me. <laughs> I I cannot go ahead, Jesse. So so dig, uh, looking through the information on the the Activision stock page, it says founded in tw- in two thousand eight through a merger of Activision Inc. and the Vendi Games. And I'm like, so they own like the old CRL online library, like the King's mm-hmm. Quest and the. It, oh, okay. It's you know you know when you think so when you think of you think of Activision Blizzard, of course you go to Call of Duty, but there are so many things that the the image they put up is amazing. Number one, Overwatch, right now Overwatch we can say and Jeff Kaplan has left as creative director of Overwatch about six months ago. I don't know necessarily why. I, there may be some tr- why that occurred, um, but we have seen Overwatch from, from being game of the year in 2016 to really kind of losing so much of that foothold, not evolving as they needed to, and then getting caught behind this, this, this uh, Activision Blizzard fiasco. We don't know what the status of, of Overwatch 2 is. And at the same time, we've had games like Fortnite, PUBG, Apex Legends enter this space, this team-based shooters space. Uh, Va- uh, Valorant's another example, and begin to take that, take that, take that, ground from them this is an opportunity my hope here gonna be very honest with you i'm really hoping 
really hoping that Xbox can do right and reshape um, Overwatch because they desperately need help to get that back to a healthy game because I believe that could be an incredible game um, as it goes forward. Diablo, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft. <laughs> World of Warcraft, folks, that is massive, right? Who was alive? You know, who remembers like 2011 and World of Warcraft was everything, right? Yeah. I mean, that is There's such the PC a massive- main go-to. That is a such, such a absolutely massive game, right? Um, and then on this image, Candy Crush. Now you're like, uh, Candy yeah, Crush? Yeah, Candy Crush. That's what I was thinking of. Candy Crush makes them a ton of money. It's mobile, yeah. right? Ton, a ton yeah. of money. Uh, and, and then StarCraft, right? And, uh, and Bring so that back. Right? So that is just a few of the games in that suite, but are absolutely massive for their organization. Yeah, I mean, uh, you it's interesting to think about when you, when you rattle off those games though, really the reason you go to call of duty is because call of duty is the only game where you don't say, man, that game was amazing. Yeah. You know? That's a great point. I mean, it's really the only one where you're like world of Warcraft. Remember that was amazing. Candy crush. That was like the hot topic way back when, like, it's like, whoa, 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 I don't know. Whoa, whoa. It's, you can't say that. My my wife is it still? still plays Candy Crush. Okay, She's on like so does my wife. three million. So and it's still there. It still has user engagement. So it's still an now game. Yeah, but it's just there's so many of those that that were that were like the game of the year or the talk of the town at one time, and now they're just like they're waning. Maybe Candy Crushes, and maybe it's Candy Crush and Call of Duty, which are their games now. Um, but yeah, it's in, it'll be interesting to see when the dust settles and they can sit down in a brainstorming meeting and say, what the hey do we do with all these IPs? Like, which ones do we actually dust off and re? I mean, man, they have such a plethora now of what they're going to do. It, it'll be interesting to see where they take. I also think they may now have the best competitors as Super Smash Brothers ever. Xbox does. Oh, oh, Xbox yeah. owns every freaking IP. Yeah. Right. You know, like, oh, look, it's the Diablo guy. Oh, look, there's some people from World of Warcraft. Look, yeah. there's Master Chief. Like there's Doom. Like they own all like they have just made the best competitor to Smash Brothers they ever want. Right. I'm expecting the next acquisition is they've purchased Sakurai. Right. And that's you it. Know, You're like, we're done. We're done. It's it's that's an interesting that is a double edged sword, though. Right. Like you have this smattering of everything. And it's not that it's not good. It's that you look at you look at Nintendo and you can really pinpoint their brand, you know, mm. and Sony is the same way. But, man, how, how does Microsoft keep their arms around these 40 plus studios that they have bought and continue to point the ship in a marketing sense, in a brand sense? Like, I mean, Sean and I talk all the time. Who's their mascot? It, I guess it's the Halo guy. I don't know. Like it, there's a lot there that is tough when you get, when you get this big. And especially I think when you get this big by buying things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's funny. Interesting. You know, I talking a little in the kind of, as you were thinking of that um, Nick, one of the things that I always refer to, I think we always refer to as game pass is like the Netflix right? That is a concept that people are easy to understand. Oh, okay. I get it. I think we need to change the dialogue to game pass is now the Disney plus, right? Which is like, <laughs> what is, what is the Disney? Like when you think Disney, you don't think Mickey mouse anymore. You think Marvel, you think all, you think all these things, 
Game Pass is now that. Game Pass Followers. is what I think Game Pass, what I think Xbox, I think all of these things, right? Because they've acquired all these shops. And so really the mascot for for a corporation is whatever that mascot is to the to the consumer. The mascot which makes Game which, Pass. Right, but but it's whatever they relate it to, right? Whatever their connection is. So it actually makes the value so much more personalized and so much more intrinsic as, as, as opposed to, do you relate to a short, fat uh, Italian plumber with a mustache who apparently just loses eats his who eats mushrooms, <laughs> loses his girlfriend all the time and is a tough stereotype, right? You're like, I guess maybe, right? As Hello. opposed to as opposed to someone who's like, you know what? No, I identify myself as, you know, um, maybe um, a lesbian, right? Who who is from uh, uh, or someone who's gay from from England, right? And you're like, oh, I represent myself as Tracer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this idea, like like you could, you know, or do or do I identify myself as this tough brute of a person, right? I don't speak a lot, but I like to kick ass and take names. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm connecting myself with the guy from doom, right? Like, so you can connect yourself to all these different things and it creates a difference. So it, it's very interesting. Who's a mascot for Nintendo dads. Business. Um, justice. <laughs> <laughs> At least today. Yeah. Uh, so here's, we've talked a little bit around this, right? We've talked. So we've talked a little bit about what does it mean for Sony? I think we've talked, you know, we've talked a little bit about what does it mean for the folks at Activision Blizzard? Talk a little bit about game, you know, Xbox, but I want, you know, Sean and Nick, what is this, what does this mean for Xbox? What does this mean for game pass? What does this mean for that subscription number of 25 million? Uh, What is going on now? And what are your thoughts on this? So, the other week when we talked when we talked about Ubisoft Plus coming to Game Pass, and everybody was kind of worried, and I think we even said it that is this going to change the amount that you have to pay per month for your Game Pass subscription? Now, I think Jeff did some really good business, made some really good business decisions based on that, and it's kind of gone and they bought Activision, knowing that it's going to bring in a whole host of people to subscribe to the surface service, so he doesn't have to charge people more money. Because you know, if you've got you've got 25 million subscribers at the moment, you bring Activision across, maybe you make another 50 million subscribers in the next 12 months. That's big money, especially if people are only coming in for the basics. So a lot of PC players that play Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, you know, bring them all into the Game Pass subscription service, up it to 75 million oh. people. Seven dollars ninety-nine a month. So I, so I've talked about this before, but you know, the the company that owns EverQuest had other games, and the, they each had their own subscription, and then they they turned it into an all in one pass. So you have you you have a subscription to one game, you have a subscription to all games. So to, if they could do this here, you know, you're part of your your ultimate pat uh, get the. Game Pass Ultimate would include World of Warcraft subscription. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's and that's that's the kind of thing that I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, because it, it 
it makes sense. And I mean, even if you come in with 75 million people subscribing at 7.99 a month, you know, 600 million a month in subscriptions that your company is then making, you know, it's silly money a year, what, 7.1 billion a year in just in subscription. You don't need to worry about AAA games launching and recording your sales. You you need to look at the figures for how many people we got subscribing to this service. And the more people they can bring into that service by allowing them to play games like World of Warcraft and include you know the subscription service to that game to be part of their Xbox subscription, they're going to make a lot of money. It's going to like just exponentially increase the, the revenue based on subscriber fees. So I don't think it's going to do anything to the price of Xbox. I think people that are in Game Pass now at the price that it's at now, it's going to continue at that price. You're just going to get a massive roster of games and have a lot more people to play with. Yeah, I, I think it does a couple things. Uh, I think it will make Game Pass, uh, I think they'll join the 100 million club by, by the time the dust settles on this. Um, I think that's pretty, I think Jesse's completely right. They, they, they're going to get rid of all those subscriptions. They want to funnel everything through Game Pass because they want that number as high as possible. That's just, that's just a fact. Um, I think uh, they got a little nervous when Sony starts talking about they're going to do a Game Pass-like service or they're, you know, they didn't say Game Pass-like. They're going to do, they're going to be upping their service um, and, and Game Pass has the premier video game subscription service and they wanted to make sure that it was uncatchable. And I think that's kind of what this did. They said, all right, we want to make sure that we don't have Sony looking. We don't, when we look in our rearview mirror, we don't want to see anybody, like nobody even close to what we're offering. And the best way to do that is to up that service and do this. I think it puts them back in the, in the fray of, uh, of a top tier gaming uh, coming off of Xbox One, where it was like almost laughable. Uh, um, uh, the Xbox One and the fact that they just couldn't get any traction. Uh, last year was an amazing uh, year for them to gain traction. Obviously, up, what would you say, 30%, I think was the number, the math you did um, on Game Pass. And that's their baby. I mean, I've said it on this, they will put that on a toaster if they can get it to run. And the, the current executives will die on the Game Pass Hill. And so all they need to do is get that, um, get that profitable. And then it's, they are, they're, gonna, they're just going to love it. I mean, they have taken such a hit financially from letting that thing try to grow. Um, and that's why I said the talk was not even, was not even about the money because of the, of the numbers Sean just gave. I mean, it's basically a five-year investment. Which and if it go if it doesn't work out as well, maybe a ten year investment. Which I think Justin, you'll say for for a long term strategy is nothing for a business. They're like, yeah, we're spending seventy billion dollars, but if we're going to be if we can project numbers to where we might start making a profit off of this in five years, sure. Like, why not? Well, you know. Well, well, and the, and that's and you know your profit model there, Sean, was kind of like just on the Game Pass side. Right. Like if they're just like, no, we'll just kind of keep we'll keep the Call of Duty stuff as is for the next several years. Right. And by the way, you know, oh, you just bought you just bought a new Call of Duty for uh, on your PlayStation. Oh, look at that money goes to Microsoft. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like. Right. And, and here's the other reality of it. So, so when I think of, you know, I'm going to take a step back and hi, folks, welcome back to Nintendo. Um, What's the impact to Nintendo here? 
Well, if we look at really what the content is that Activision Blizzard has been supporting Nintendo with for the last several years has been very minimal, right? So we have seen Spyro, we've seen Crash, um, Overwatch and Diablo are kind of the big ones. Now, uh, Overwatch 2 was announced to be coming to the Nintendo Switch a long time ago. Things can change, right? So the only game right now that I think has an impact to Nintendo is potentially that. Now, you got to remember, if if, if inevitably Phil Spencer was like, hey, by the way, we got this new Crash 5, and by the way, we're putting on a Game Pass. Hey, why don't we also put it over there on Nintendo? And if instead of paying the $15, they want to pay $80, okay. That's fine. Right. So they're they're going to they're getting money from every single place that they can end up getting taking those funds in. So it logically logically makes sense. Also, do you think Nintendo ever does xCloud xCloud app on their on their switch? I mean, they can't do a Game Pass app, not not at the moment with uh, with the piece of hardware they have. But they're obviously in streaming already. They could do um, an xCloud app fairly easily. I, I, I don't. uh... I would be interested. I would love to see it. Sure. We've been yeah. talking about that for three years. <laughs> I'd love to see it. I just don't, I just don't know. Right. Um, I think, I think, I think that's, I think game pass is more likely to come to PlayStation. Uh, I don't know about the X cloud. Really? Though. Really? You think, think you think game pass would come to Sony to PlayStation before X cloud would come to switch? Yeah, I think so. Oh. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think, I think, I think Microsoft can roll up and be like, so, you guys want some third-party games? We do. Okay. So here's how it's going to be. You're going to put this on. Again, go back to the mantra. Phil is like, it. you know, you said it. It needs to be at a toaster, right? They're coming no, out yeah. with a dongle. They want to put it on smart TVs. They mm-hmm. want to put it everywhere. I think they want to put it everywhere, Nick. And I think that they have probably proposed it to Nintendo. Nintendo oh, has yeah. said no. Nintendo has said so, no. Yeah, they have. I mean, I, well, I mean. Again, in those read through the lines when Phil Spencer says, yeah, we really like Nintendo. Unfortunately, it seems they are a closed system, which to me reads, yeah, we went to them and they said no. So apparently they're a closed platform. So, you know, this was a conversation he had about the stream deck. And so then he went on to say, but that's why we like the stream deck, because that's an open platform. So to me, that reads, we went there. They said, no, let's move on. Um, See, I can can see them making uh, a piece of hardware, which is cloud gaming only. Yes, I can see you getting an Xbox Series C, yes. which basically comes the size of an Apple TV box. Yep, that has nothing in it but a fan that's gonna happen. and a. And yep. a that's gonna happen, Sean. That, Sean, that's gonna happen this year. Yeah, right. Yeah. If Phil Phil has been blunt about it, he's like, "We are developing yeah. a dongle, a la Google Stadia." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and like, you could probably you could probably get it a Roku app for it. Uh, Apple. Yeah. Apple TV app for it. It'll be anywhere you can get an app. They'll, they'll squeeze it in. I can reassure yeah. you, he has already walked over to Amazon and to Google and to Apple and said, "You all have app stores, right? You have yeah, your Roku's, your Amazon Fire Sticks, your Apple TVs. Cool. What does it take for us to put it on there? Right? Yep. Just just yeah. what's it? Listen, I've got the checkbook open. The pen is still fresh. What number do you want, Apple? And I'll do it right now." And, mm-hmm. and and that's their approach because their approach yep. is the ubiquity of it, right? It's again, why did why was net why is Netflix so popular? Is because everyone got it and understood it, and they want to create that space where I don't need that, right? And I'm I'm going to be honest with you, I'm I am Xbox. This move can this I mean, not that they didn't need much of a push. 
to me now, Game Pass, if you are a gamer and not already in that ecosystem, is now pretty much mandatory. If it wasn't before, it is now, right? Uh, as a person who hopped on last year, even though I didn't get a lot out of it as, as much as yeah. I thought, I, I, I'm still in it. I, fact, I, 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 I played about an hour of Xbox last night. Yeah, I, I continue to look at look at the Xbox Series S and say, yeah, maybe that's what I need to pick up, right? Because I, 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 I know that I know that we're going to be jumping into it, right? I know that it's make it continues to make more and more compelling the argument. I think Xbox now essentially said, if you don't have us, you have to have us. Tim, what do you think of this? You're a new Xbox owner, yeah. right? You're waving the Xbox flag. I think I'm the only one here who doesn't have an Xbox. This hurts. I do have game. I do. I do have Game Pass though, so I'm game part Pass. of the problem. I'm okay. No. I'll stay. The thing is, uh, so from a consumer perspective, that's what I had to look at from when PS5 was announced and Xbox came out with their game plan. Ever since that point, even when Xbox started making their moves, it already made me take a step back. Well, systems not being available also hurt PlayStation, but it made me take a step back and make me decide, okay, what is going to be my other console? Because I usually have a second console because of always being let down by Nintendo or third parties not showing up on Nintendo systems. So I circumvent that by having that second console. So which one was that going to be for this generation? Was it going to be PS5 or the Xbox Series X or S? A lot of factors came into play as a consumer in that choice. One being the major factor was Game Pass. I already had it. I got, I had PC to start with. Then I jumped into Ultimate because that allowed me to have xCloud. I know it's Game Pass Cloud, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I call it xCloud. It's easier. But anyways, uh, and then I was like, I had the opportunity to get a series S because it was available there in the store right there. I got, you know, financially I was able to do it. So I went and got it because it was like, I already got all this stuff. And that was a system I bought before getting a PlayStation five, an ecosystem I have been in since the PlayStation one days. You literally have games that you can't play for your PlayStation 5 because you don't have one yet. Exactly, because I have one PlayStation 5 <laughs> games. I'm still eventually going to get one, I think. I think unless something doesn't compel me to do it. But from my perspective, Sony's Sony didn't come out with anything that said, I need to have that PS5 right now. I've been saying I can wait for either the PS5 inevitable PS5 redesign or PS5 Pro or whatever that next system is going to be, or even that themed one that they come out with that they usually have. I figured, okay, I'm going to wait for one of those. So I decided that I am getting on the X-Pass thing because I've already was starting to play all those Xbox games through the cloud. So for me, that was why I made that decision. And as far as wanting Game Pass for the Nintendo, that's again, that's what goes back to the whole thing. It's like we know Nintendo is hard nosed about having anybody come in and do anything like that, where unless it's them that's designing it or them getting most of the money out of it. So 
that's where I have to, if, as a gamer, make that decision of whether I have all three like Jesse or I make the decision of what's that second console going to be. I have to look at everything. And it was harder, definitely, because, again, I was in that PlayStation ecosystem for a very long time. I did not have an Xbox. I had friends who had them. I had all you guys talking about it all the time, you know. So, but they made it compelling. They did all the work to do this. Phil has done everything in my eyes as a consumer right to make me want an Xbox and feel confident that I have that system now. Yeah, I, yeah. You see, going, going forward as well with Nintendo, I don't ever believe that Nintendo will buy into the Game Pass, allowing them to be on their platform. Because Nintendo just, they are in a world of their own. Everybody has a niche and Xbox and PlayStation have always been back and forth with the big AAA games that run really well, that, you know, smash out of the park all the time. Nintendo have always been, for me, growing up, this family-friendly, go there if you want to jump on mushrooms and, and turtles or if you want to, you know, I've lost my train of thought with that. But anyway, they've always had their own kind of game style. So you, Pokemon, Kirby coming out this year, you know, ooh, waiting for a Mario Odyssey 2 because, you know, they need to hurry up and do something with that. Zelda's, you know, they, that's where they absolutely kill it. And they do, and they've, they've always killed it with those kind of games and that, that style of franchise for as long as they already have. They're up there competing against PlayStation and Xbox without having to do stuff like this. So I don't ever think Nintendo are going to do that because it's not in their dynamic. It's, that's- to me, that's... So... This, I think in, in the big console war battle, Nintendo will always do their own thing and it won't ever be phased by anything that Xbox and PlayStation do. And I strongly believe that with the step that Xbox and Microsoft have taken in the purchasing of Activision, you're going to see them outpace PlayStation because of their subscription service. PlayStation are going to try and do that subscription service this year in a free tier system. Firstly, just allowing you to play some retro games and then allowing you that backwards compatibility by via digital and download to play your PlayStation 3 games on your PlayStation 5, which you now can't do. And then they'll move into a back catalog of games like Nintendo are doing, allowing you the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and nostalgia fields. They're only just starting that this year, where like we always, like Nick already said, Xbox and Microsoft have been working on this for a long time. And it's been they established. Own it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They have established it. And now people are like, oh, it's working or it appears to be working, or it's we see that this is going to hurt us. So we're going to do this. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to mention too is that for Nintendo, they will they will always grab that those games or those things that will help their their consumers, like Justin, you who always had one console for a long time, who the parents who have the Nintendos that the majority of the games you're going to get for our system, Nintendo is going to be family friendly games for your family. But every now and then we know the dad or the mom is going to want to sneak off in the middle of the night, want to play a little bit more robust game or something like that. So they're going to, keep teasing those parents, you know, that, Hey, we're going to give you this and that, and that's why we'll get certain things, but never what we really want. At least that's what I felt 
so many years ago when I was dis- like disappointed with the Wii U or even the Wii for that matter, like getting teased with here's your more mature friendly game that I know you're as a parent are going to want to play off in, in the middle of the night when the kids are in bed. And I'm like, Oh yes, this is where I want to see them go. But they never went that extra step. So that's when I was like, you know what I have, I, I know what I have to do now. It's always going to be two consoles because Nintendo will never fulfill what I want them to do with third parties or the other games that I see on the other systems. Yeah. And, and I think, I think as more and more, and I think especially as I think of like online gaming and community gaming and, and you know, one of the reasons I've enjoyed, you know, so games like Fortnite and Apex, as much as everyone gives me a little bit of uh, nonsense for it is because for me, it's, it's not about the solo experience. I have some great solo experiences, but it's really about community, right? And it's about playing together and gaming together. And I think when you look at really what Microsoft is offering right now, I think they are offering so many different online games for people to have, find their communities. Now, whether it's Call of Duty, whether it's Overwatch when it comes out, Halo, right? So many of these jump in two player experiences where in a world where we're still stuck inside, you know, we're in a pandemic, community and gaming together has become, become so critical. Xbox continues to have an infrastructure. I have a really good friend. He has an Xbox and um, uh, he has, he has a play, he has a, Nintendo, but he doesn't have a lot of games there. And there's not a lot of really great, like online games that we can play together. Um, but he called me up and he's like, can we, do you want to just game and hang out? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we jumped on and he, he had um, knockout city available to him on game pass. Right. And obviously I had that on the switch jumped on and played that. We tried to jump on. We played some uh, um, sea of thieves, right. Stuff like that. Where again, and, and again, it wasn't about winning, you know, and I've said it before, like, you know, um, during the Rocket and Ray Gun Awards with Victor Lucas, it wasn't about the win. It wasn't about the W. It wasn't about the victory royale. It was about being together and bringing gamers together. And I really think that that is, you know, when you look at Xbox's mantra, bringing gamers together for the gamers, right, for players and creating an exclusive environment is critical to their their corporate ethos. And I think that's absolutely, absolutely critical for them to be successful. I think they're doing that very, very well. Gentlemen, anything else that we want to talk about here on this? I think there's still some um, fruit there, I guess, if you will, for Nintendo that Microsoft could come at them with. They may not come at them with a full-blown Game Pass, and we've talked about this before. It may just be single one-off games here and there, maybe single one-off deals. Like we speculated like with GoldenEye where they do some sort of, you know, cross play between the two systems or something with GoldenEye. Um, But I don't think we're going to get the game pass that we all hoped for. I don't think it's coming to PlayStation really either Um, because they're going to have their own thing. And it may be, I don't think it's going to be game pass. We'll just say that. I think it might be something else, uh, but, and it'll be called something specifically for PlayStation, some sort of deal with Microsoft or whatever, but it won't be game pass. Um, I, but I think that there's going to be Microsoft has that ability to come at them and say, what do you want from us? What can we give you in, in, in what you can provide to your customers and they're going to make money that way. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah. This, this move is definitely 
but PlayStation and Sony on the back foot for sure. They are they're going to watch this for the next 12 months and be like, okay, let's see the numbers. Let's see how they do. Let's see how they handle this. Let's see what, you know, gaming looks like going forwards for us with, you know, the developers that they have purchased basically and now lead. Um, I can't be the only consumer that was PlayStation, you know, that was my ecosystem where I'm like, you know, I like God of War. I like all these other brands that they have, but it didn't sell me to go out and buy that PS5 right away other than not being able to find it. But still, even if probably if I was able to find one in the store and get one or pre-order one, I probably would have had one. So, but because of the delays and all that kind of stuff, it made me sit back and think, what do I really want? What do I have time to play? So, and I think that as a, as a consumer thinking of that, like, okay, I have maybe five, franchises on the PlayStation that I look forward to. And when I looked at it, it is like, uh, do I really, am I really looking forward to it now? And then will I be fulfilled by what Xbox offers and Xbox right now is offering everything that I want to play. So, yeah. I mean, I, I was PlayStation and I, I mean, I had the PS4 pro, I had PSVR, um, I was literally, I was PlayStation all the way forward and undenied between the PS5 because I like Spider-Man, I like their, I like Gran Turismo. So I like, you know, their headline games that you can't get on Xbox. I like those. Yeah. But then the, the Xbox and Microsoft just offered a, a service that are just there, just a little bit better than, than PlayStation. And that's kind of like why I steered towards them and stayed towards xbox not only that because they also do a game pass news with nick every week and (laughs) an xbox that runs all the games and has enough storage for it all so well you know when we were doing dad crossing you know and by the way i would like to point out that we just went from one podcast where you had an uber rich uh raccoon to just like uncle phil now you know i mean now we just talk about uber rich uncle phil and his checkbook it really hasn't changed yeah, but when we started to talk more about Xbox during Dad Crossing than we did about Animal Crossing, we figured it was probably trying to transition. Uh, my only, I'm super excited to see what happens. Like just as like a, as an Xbox fan, as Xbox podcast, but also just as a video gaming enthusiast that loves to just like chat about this stuff. I'm just, I just think it's fun. I just think it's fun to see how it'll all play out. I also would love to talk to somebody who knows about. Um, acquisitions like really knows um instead of just like me where i'm just reading stuff and trying to figure it out uh to see like what what is the what can they do together that doesn't break a law right so like like can phil say hey bobby don't sign any more contracts with sony okay you know like like right now because you gotta know sony's like here's a contract that'll get you to 2050 so just sign these for call of duties and we'll be good you know so it's just it's really interesting to think the sony has 12 months to make a move 18 maybe to make a move and try to sign some contracts and i wonder how that legally plays out like what what can phil do and not do what can microsoft do and not do in that in that time frame I also wonder if uh, if you know Sony is beginning to look at their checkbook and saying, who should we acquire before someone else does? Right? What's what's the what's the acquisition arms race right now? Is is Sony in conversation with Ubisoft and saying how much does it cost? What do you, what's the number you need and we will buy you? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder. And, and Nintendo was just doesn't do that. They just they're not going to play that game. 
Um, so yeah. uh, see, one of my one, very good, one of my predictions in our show was that it was going to be that uh, Microsoft was going to absorb Sega because of the new Sonic game that was coming out. I was yeah. kind of like, you know, that'd be a really good purchase for them. It, you know, they'd headline it with you know, a, a Japanese company. Not that's not Nintendo. Have say, and then like literally, I wrote that, and twelve hours later, they bought Activision. I was like, ah, they're not going to buy Sega this year. <laughs> well, I could. There's some more money. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, sure. if Sega knocked on the door, I'm not. I'm sure Phil would be like, "Hey, Nadella, yeah. let's figure this out." I, I'm sure. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's a lot cheaper than seventy billion dollars for the hedgehog. Yeah. So, but if they do uh, acquire something, it needs to be Japan. It needs to be exactly. Japanese. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. At least, at least Persona games would be released on an Xbox then. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for sitting in this topic and conversation. It's been almost an hour. Uh, thank you so much for this. Uh, hopefully, folks, you have enjoyed this. Uh, again, uh, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, uh, Nick and Sean run an amazing podcast called Game Pass News. You can go over to every podcast catcher. You can catch them up right now. You can subscribe. You love Xbox. They are part of our Nintendo Dads family, uh, and we support them and love them. So we're gonna, they're going to talk more about that in a couple of minutes as well. Uh, but Sean, Nick, thank you for being here. Thank you for your insight and thank you for your expertise in as well. Also, Sean, I understand super early in the morning. If you have to go have a nap, we're totally respectful of that. <laughs> uh, with that being said, let's transition over to our sponsor, Manscaped. Hey, folks, roses are red, violets are blue. Well, don't let wild hairs wreck you. Violent Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here with the best tools to get you ready for that special occasion. The V-Day, it's coming time soon. So join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. The leaders in below the waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go over to manscaped.com and use the code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, for 20% off and free shipping. Now, gentlemen, let me tell you something. Here in the Great White North, sometimes we get uh, products a little bit later than other times. And just this week, I got an email from Manscaped, and I was super, super excited for it. Because they're products that are finally available in Canada that before this time were only available in the U.S. So great example, in Canada now is available the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. And man, I absolutely love the products they have sent us before. They have also got a new premium deodorant uh, to check out also. And I think I saw a second. Tim, Tim, did you have some chapstick? Yeah, you do. Some Manscaped chapstick. Uh, how do you like that Manscaped chapstick, by the way? Lip palm, I guess they would, they would call it. Yes, it is, especially in these colder months right now. It's yeah. been a godsend. Absolutely. You're in the colder months. You're up, you're, you're bumping up into that northern, a northern Canadian border, right? Or the yes. northern U.S. border bumping to Canada. It's cold. Your lips are chapped. Absolutely. They have fantastic lip palm. I mean, oh, my God. Tim's putting it on right there, right? He's just like he's modeling it for you. For those of you that aren't watching, it's just like. Man, it's sexiness. You know what I'm saying? He's getting ready for Valentine's Day. He's getting those lips ready, ready for the smooches, which we appreciate as well. Uh, so again, I mean, they've got those amazing products, but of course, let's not forget also the amazing, amazing products like the Weed Whacker, uh, uh, sorry, the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, the Tool Shed. They've got all of your manscaping supplies, products, the whole thing. So again, head over to manscaped.com and use the exclusive code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, for 20% off and free shipping uh, with that code. Again, hey, your lady will thank you also. All right. Big thanks to Manscaped for their continued support. Hey, Tim, back to you. 
Thanks, Justin. I always love those. I do miss the little animated stuff, though, that goes across the screen whenever we do those things. <laughs> so, but anyway, so uh, uh, Jesse, do you want to go over your Pokemon Go tour info? I hate you all. So, yeah, the other day, uh, Niantic announced more additional information on the Pokemon Go Tour Johto. Uh, uh, Pokemon from Kanto that has an evolution first discovered in Johto will be appearing during the event and available to everyone in the wild, regardless if an event ticket has been purchased or not. These Pokemon include Polyworld, Golbat, Gloom, Slowpoke, Onix, Chansey, Seedra, Scyther, Porygon, and Eevee. The walking requirement to evolve Eevee into Espeon and Umbreon will be removed during the event. Trainers will choose between a gold version or a silver version of the event, and will also choose between Chikorita, Cyndaquil, or Tortodile to adventure with. The Pokemon chosen will be involved in the research tasks during the event, so choose wisely. Research tasks will include the following challenges. Catching different species of Pokemon, evolving Pokemon, earning Stardust, taking Go snapshots, and defeating Team Go Rocket Grunts. Rewards for the research task will include items for evolving Pokemon, rocket radar pieces, an encounter with a shiny Gyarados, and an encounter with Celebi. If the Celebi is caught during the event, it will know the attack Magical Leaf. The event will be on Saturday, February 26th from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. local time. And to take part in the event's full uh, uh, line of quests, the event ticket will cost $11.99 or in U.S. dollars or the equivalent in your local currency. Nice. And as always, Pokemon Minute is never a minute. So... (laughs) (laughs) Or sometimes it's under. We never. I know. guess we we could use that now since there are since that's Nintendo right. No longer is Nintendo Minute that's is right. done. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, Jesse, for the Pokemon. And actually, before we move on to the next area, I want to bring up something real quick. It kind of relates to the whole Xbox thing, and kind of jokingly, we could say Xbox could run E3 from now on since they have the majority of the publishers now <laughs> or developers, <laughs> but. Um, what uh, Nick and Sean, what are your thoughts on E3 this year that it, um, especially with Jeff Grubb saying that E3 2022 looks like a digital mess and probably will be canceled. Um, I think it's unfortunate. I, I know I, uh, I think it was, I think it was Jesse who said, you know, maybe somebody else can grab it. And I, who, like, who is, <laughs> who is that person that sits kind of as a neutral party that can that can host something like this that's this big. I also why is it besides that, Jeff Keeley? Yeah, I mean, okay, so yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, I also f- wonder why is it that that it's a mess? Like, why? I, I would love to know what logistically is it a mess because they can't figure out the logistics? Is it a mess because? Um, they can't get platforms to commit anymore, which would make sense. I mean, they're all doing their own thing now. Maybe they're like, listen, we don't, we don't need to pay you to show our, our stuff when we have are obviously are able to do it on our own. And that makes, that makes a lot of sense, but it is unfortunate just from a video gamer 
enthusiast standpoint because it's a great like second Christmas basically that uh, will be I will surely miss. Yeah, post merger, Microsoft could probably fill in two keynote slots. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. go ahead, John. And so my my thoughts on it are that E three was like the expo. So it was a place where everybody could go to try the games, see the games being played, you know, have time to maybe sit with a couple of the, like the developer heads and talk to them, ask questions, you know, the whole TED talk, Q and a kind of back and forth thing. Last year, E3 digital was really nice because it gave us something to watch. But then after E3, Xbox did their own showcase, you know, certain developers did their own showcase. Nintendo had their own, post E3 show with extra bits and pieces, including the treehouse. Now, can E3, E3 wants to do well to avoid being in that limelight because when COVID does pass, and I said this in our podcast like earlier on today, once COVID isn't the issue and people can gather in large groups, E3 wants to run as the expo was for people to come to and visit rather than sit back and watch. So it's a, is it a mess logistically because obviously COVID ruined all the plans that they had in place to do it as an event that you can attend rather than an event that you can watch. If they miss it, if they miss one year, is it going to be bad for E3 as a brand that would normally host this kind of expo? Yeah, it would be. But if then next year, you know, they, they spent a bit more time working on what they can do next year because hopefully by this time next year, COVID's not going to be as big as a threat as it is and you can go out, gather in larger groups than you can currently. Um, and they run their physical expo and, you know, bring it back, bring it back to, you know, make it that big thing in gaming well, that hasn't yeah, happened this, for so long. This is the third year without having a physical E3. So yeah, we might have already crossed that threshold. Yeah, that's why they need to be really careful. I think they need, if they can push a digital one, they really need to push a digital one to keep their name, like you know, the hand in the pocket and and the name going around. Because if they let it slip, it could, you know, drastically, it, upsettingly, it could end D three as I think. Because you know, it, like Nick says, it is the second Christmas. It's the you know, it's the June version of Christmas. So and that's where I, I think that uh, it should be brought together still whether whether it's e3 jeff keely or ign and even when jeff keely was doing it it was still seemed like it was too spread out so it's like i i don't care if it's e3 or not what i care about is as a somebody who loves this hobby and wants to see that christmas in june or july or whatever you want to call it i want to see it brought together under an umbrella in a time frame that, you know, people like us can take that, you know, if we wanted to take a week off or something like that, you know, and, and enjoy the festivities or something. Whereas last year or the other years, it was like all summer long, it was all spread out and you were like, okay, when's the, who's doing what, who's doing this. It needs to get better. Definitely. Cause, sure. Cause I don't know what the ESA's budget and financials looks like, but E3 is, I think, one of one of, if not the biggest mo- revenue generators for them, each you know year over year, and with them not having an E3 th- three years straight, what ha- becomes of ESA in general? 
Yeah, it it's a, basically comes down to what we've all talked about and speculated every year that this happens or didn't happen. And that is, how is ESA going to make their money going forward? They're not going to be able to get it from the video game companies anymore. It doesn't look like since they can kind of do it all on their own, like you said, Nick. Um, so what's what's the new model going to be and how they're going to make money? and do the things that they do. Cause it, it makes sense. They need to have, they need to have something that represents video games and stuff like that. So, uh, but who's going to pay for what and, you know, memberships and all that. I don't know their overall structure for that, but it definitely needs to change as far as the E3 goes. I think, I think it'd be great. I mean, and I don't know who has the, I don't know who the key players are in the video game industry to like pull this all off other than the platform holders, really, probably Nintendo, Sony and uh, Microsoft to say, uh, you know, listen, you're all going to do your own thing on your own platform. But let's let's mark off two weeks and figure out who's going to go win and let's have it in a consolidated time frame. Um, And so, you know, let's not fight over like you got to put your stuff on our platform so we can show it and blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, get rid of that and say, listen, you do your own thing on your own platform, but we're going to do it within these two weeks. Go. Who wants to go first? You know, I mean, exactly. I think that'd be great. Yeah. And again, it needs to come together. Like they, this was one of the things I thought was funny. I think it was last year when Jeff Keighley was all against E3. It seemed like not so many words. But it was basically, I'm doing my thing. Here's the summer. I'm not doing E3 thing. And then, you know, he was going all about his business. But then he always talks about the industry being one and had, you know, at the Game Awards, having all three of the, you know, big, you know, big three, I guess, if you will, gaming CEOs up there on the stage or whatever. So at one point. And, but he can't come, he can't be the lead that I think he could be in, in doing this type of thing where it's like, let's make the industry, let's get together and even work with E3 if necessary, or maybe E3 is the one that didn't want to work with him. I don't know, but it's just basically, maybe he's the one that can bring, bring everybody together into that two week window, like you were suggesting, or even work with IGN to do that. I don't know who knows, but instead of having all these separate things, let's, you know, is there somebody who can manage it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. but yeah. Especially make it easier for all, for everybody all around. I can't, it can't just be for the people in, in our hobby, but also for, for the companies to, to be able to spread that information out to the right people so that people know, yeah, during this two week time, we know to come here and find out about what you're doing in, in the hobby I'm interested in. Yeah. I mean, it, it really would behoove everybody to do that. It would, it would be the E3 groundswell, but you wouldn't have the turf war of like, well, listen, I can just put this on my own platform. It, it makes sense. You know, you'd, you'd, you would get a groundswell for those two weeks. Might, it would probably bump people's numbers. Um, but yeah, making that happen is not, is not you just have to find the right cogs in the video gaming industry to make anything like that happen. Yeah. And maybe it's going to take a few years to come to that point, but uh, maybe, and also a lot of voices being heard. 
like ours to say, yeah, this is frustrating when you spread it out over three months, let's bring it back down to, you know, two weeks. Yeah. So, all right. Great discussion. I'm sure, you know, the whole beat the dead horse type thing, but (laughs) (laughs) all right. So uh, let's move on to community spotlight. All right. As usual, we always have our guests go first, and that would be Nick and Sean. Tell us about Game Pass News. I know Justin you know, was gushing about you guys, but is there anything else you guys want to talk about and what you guys have been doing and uh, get everybody hyped up for? Do you want me to go or you want to go? Who's going? Um, I t- okay. So if you are a subscriber to our Twitch channel, um, I am slowly working on the emotes that are sliding in there. I've been dropping them every now and then in the year. Uh, Twitch chat for you guys. So yeah, I'm trying to entice people into being subscribers onto our service. Um, so give me some time with that. Uh, it's a learning curve. I, I've never really done anything <laughs> Twitch related other than sit and watch you guys or sit and watch my friends that, that stream. <laughs> so we have to, I'm, I'm, I am trying to put a bit of glitter on that. Um, and I am trying my hardest to develop a way that I could because Nick kills it with the streams. You, you know, he has his space in his basement. I don't have a space. I have to kind of sit on the living room floor and that gets uncomfortable after a while. And you can see a lot of the living room. So I'm slowly working on plans and funds to build a small office in the garage. So as in terms of trying to get more streaming done for, for the guys that like to watch us, um, that's, that's what I'm working on. Um, yeah. So first off, thanks for having us. Uh, we, you know, you guys are awesome to have us come on for stuff like this and, uh, to support us in the very beginning when we started this little, this little deal up, we, we just really, we really appreciate you guys, um, obviously. And so just can't say enough about, you know, your, your guys' support in what we do. Uh, we're a podcast, we're a stream, we have a YouTube, everything's game pass news. We got really lucky in that sense. Um, you can find us on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter. Those are our three main areas that you can contact us. We also obviously have spite space on, uh, the, the Nintendo dad's discord server. So feel free to jump over there and chat with us whenever, um, we talk about game pass, we talk about Xbox. Um, and you know, we're Nintendo guys every once in a while I'm playing Pokemon brilliant diamond with my son right now. So I give updates on that on a regular too. So, you know, it just kind of is what it is. We, we, but we try to stick as much as possible. We will always tell you what's coming and going on game pass. That's, that is the crux of what we do. And we'll also, you know, take, take the, take the hit and play, um, lawn, lawnmower simulator when nobody else wants to. So, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. Uh, we're the Kevlar jacket for cruddy game pass games. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we do. And again, appreciate you guys having us on to talk about fun stuff like this. Nice. Yeah, thank you very nice. much. Excellent. So a while Justin appears. Yeah, a and while Justin. Even, throw a Pokeball at him. <laughs> it's in effect. Excellent. Yeah. I always I always like listening to you guys because you guys do give a good information on the game pass. Uh, games that come through and uh, also things that you guys experience from some of those, what could be crappy games or some, some nice ones that yeah. you guys find too. So uh, I'm gonna, yeah. Game, game pass has this unique way of dropping a game that you think, ah, that'll be nothing. And then it's 
an absolute banger which captures you playing nearly five days in real time, like grounded mm-hmm. for Nick. Yeah, it's a game that you would never really take a second look at. So is there one game right now you guys are playing that you came across or recently that you guys came across that was like, oh hey, that's pretty good. Nick's yeah, definitely got one. Dick's definitely got one at the moment that he's like gushing for. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I've been playing nobody, I've been playing the nobody saves the world game. And so I just actually started that. And that was a game. I I will have something on YouTube, uh, in the next few days for it, but, uh, it started off. I was like, I was not prepared for it. You start off as a rat. Okay. This is not a spoiler. (laughs) It happens in like the first five minutes. You're like a person (laughs) and you have no pants and then all of a sudden you're a rat. By the way, this is by this is by Drinkbox Games from the Guacamelee people. And I was That's like, right. I don't want to be a rat. This is ridiculous. This game sucks. So I don't, you know, and I was like, I don't know. I'm done. Uh, but then like 45 minutes in, I'm totally into it. It's by the way, it's a top-down RPG. You're you're uh, crusading and exploring through the map to find. Uh, I don't even know what the what the hey I am finding now. Uh, shards <laughs> is what I'm trying to find, but I'm having so much fun. I'm gnawing at enemies and trying to figure out how the how the attacks work. And so yeah, I've just been enjoying that a lot. And so um, nice. yeah, yeah. And Sean, and you you jumped into Splunky too, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Thanks to uh, the community creator Andros for uh, pointing me in the direction of Splunky nice. too. I now have a love hate relationship for that. But <laughs> I'd, I'd never thought I would. So, but yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's a very well made game. Um, for one of those rerun kind of uh, crawlers, a bit like Hades but without the, that you need to die and revive to keep going and get further on. This is one of those where if you die, you die, you go back to the beginning, start all over again, and basically battle a completely changed mechanic, um, different tunnels, different ways to go. Uh, I'm absolutely loving it because, uh, yeah, it's pretty much all I've played at the moment other than Beat Saber. It's all I've played. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on to the show and uh, chatting with us about the Game Pass uh, or the Xbox news this week, the big news. And like you guys said, you guys are part of the family fam- and then dad's family of podcast. And not only you guys are part of that, but we have Retro Logic, the Retro Logic guys out there doing their show and they just released episode 66. Um, and then we also have the end dads after dark where they just dropped episode 90 as well. Um, and lots of. Uh, Lots of wonderful talk over there. So I'd say go check them out in your podcast feeds as well there. So, and then speaking of uh, community uh, that you guys are all a part of and that uh, all of the Nintendo Dads family podcasts are a part of, there's one community request that I wanted to make to the to our listeners because um, I was listening today to episode 174 today. Uh, way back because it was it was brought up because of the Kirby talk <laughs> mm. and that episode was called uh, uh, Kirby um, uh, lore. The, it was the, like, yeah, Kirby's lore or something. Lore. Yeah, the deep in the Kirby's lore or something like that. And actually, when I was listening to it, I don't think hardly anything was mentioned about Kirby. <laughs> so <laughs> but it was it was, you know, how we come up with the show titles. But anyways, I was listening to that one. And one of the community letters that came up was from TJ and it made me think um, instead of hearing what switch isn't doing or what it can't do compared to other systems, I would like to hear what it has done for you um, since the hybrid system has come out. 
So like TJ, when he wrote in that episode, he said him and his wife uh, sponsored and started a Nintendo Switch Club at their school. Um, and it allowed, they saw a lot of introverted kids come, you know, kind of just open up because of that club. And because of the Nintendo Switch, they would all bring in their Nintendo Switches and play games and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think I've heard a lot of stories like that again recently. So I wanted to reach out to the community and say, hey, if you can, you know, drop drop your stories in our Discord channel or email them to nintendodads at gmail.com because I would love to hear those more of those stories again. We just haven't heard them. You've got real life stories in front of you. (laughs) So, I mean... I I started listening to the Nintendo Dads podcast because of the release of the Nintendo Switch. I, I wanted to get back into the Nintendo world in a big way. I absolutely loved the Wii. Um, unfortunately, it didn't drop into the Wii U era, which when listening to your older podcasts prior to the Switch release, I didn't miss a right lot. So I'm pretty glad I did that. Um, but buying the Switch, listening to you guys, playing the games that you guys suggested as a, as a ghoster in the background. I just listened. I didn't really, I, I didn't do a right lot. I then, you know, subscribed to the Patreon service, jumped into the discard, started talking with a few people. Um, and then because I absolutely love the show, subscribed to the highest level I could and, you know, got the producer level that you guys do and came onto your show for the first time of me ever doing any form of live chat, or anything like that, because I used to, I hated, I, I mean, absolutely <laughs> hated hearing my own voice, talking, <laughs> things like that. And then off the back of that, this awesome guy, Nick, got in <laughs> well, touch with me. I was like, hey, look, do you want to be involved in doing a podcast about Animal Crossing? And I was like, you know, I was kind of on the, the side about getting this game, but yeah, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll go both feet first and play <laughs> it. And now like three years later and early, you know, I see this guy every week. We we chat. He's brought me out. I do poor, a lot. You of, poor dude. A, a you see me more. every week. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot more talking now. So I'm one of those. In, I am the introvert child of the Nintendo. Does. I, you know, thanks to the Switch coming out and buying into it, listening to you guys, getting on the hype for, for content creating. You know, that's where I am now. It's, you know, that's the positive, the positivity of the Switch. Along the side of things like, you know, I, we now have three switches in the entire house. Um, one for me, one for the wife, one for daughter. You know, we play Animal Crossing together. You know, we play Mario Party together. You know, it, it's given a, a digital means of playing together as a family. So, yeah, the, the, the switch, it's like I put in the chat. Nintendo has my, there's a space in my heart and always will be for Nintendo. And it's only ever done positive things for me. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Sean. I think it's great. Thanks a lot. You know, you know, you're talking about this kind of this interesting experience. I had one not too long ago. Uh, on a Sunday, typically we have some friends come over and um, their son comes over and he brings the switch and they're really, he's really into Fortnite right now. And so what he'll do is he'll come in and we have a, my main living room, there's a big screen TV where the switch dock is and he'll plug in his switch. And then my daughter will take the switch that was there. And then my other daughter will go grab the OLED or the switch light. And they all sit in the room together and they're all gaming, playing trios together. And you can hear them calling and they're like, Oh, go there, get this. Can I share? Can you drop me this? And like, you know, you stand back for like the, the dads, the moms aren't, aren't executing on it. They're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like they're setting it up there. They're learning how to game together. They're learning how to work as a team together. Um, 
and I think it's because of the, you know, it's because of the mobility of the switch, right? They're handheld devices, right? That they're all easily able to experience that moment together, which is such a really cool, really cool experience. Like you couldn't really, you know, he couldn't lug in an Xbox and grab another TV somewhere else, right? Like you don't have that experience, but, but because of the portability of it, they're all able to experience that. And I think that's, that's super cool. Excellent. And that's what I want to hear again from all the community is uh, send us in those community stories because we, we, we eat that up here and we'll share some of them on, on the next maybe few episodes over time, depending on how many we get. So love to hear them. So again, send them to in our discord channel, if you're in there or to straight to Nintendo dads at gmail.com, if you could. Speaking of community uh, some of the things that we get from there, we have a couple things from uh community as far as questions go we've got one from discord from of course uh the person who sends us one almost every week <laughs> mecha dragon mecha dragon yes. oh mecha. his question microsoft loki mentioned how part of this how part of this transaction with activision was to get into the metaverse right are you pro metaverse or against it are any of you dads fearful that in the future we'll all be wearing headsets to go anywhere because that's what we what they make it sound like it is like some kind of actual virtual world, <laughs> like ready player one. Right. Or yeah. the worst case scenario, you'll become like my mom and just not even bother to learn it and just do things the old fashioned way. What do you guys think? The metaverse. Um, I, yeah. I have a question regarding what is the metaverse. Yeah. So um, You're living part of it with your uh, virtual reality. Yeah, You're we're living the start that, of it. If that's the way it's going to go, then I can honestly say that wearing a headset and playing is going to be the way forward. The, I, the experiences that the Oculus is currently giving me, which is made by Matt, oh, Facebook, um, is unreal. I mean, I, I'm, I've, well, I get paid on Monday. When I get paid on Monday, I'm buying two games. Um, Resident Evil 4 for the VR because I want oh to read it. It's ridiculous. Nobody should play Resident Evil in virtual reality. That's just like... like <laughs> yes, they should. And the person that's sitting with him and watching it needs to record it so that we can see the reactions oh, that person has because I, I love you to death, so Sean, much. But man... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, they've taken a game that was... It's, it's old in comparison. It's like PlayStation 3 old. Um, and building that up and they've re, right, reimagined it for the VR um, and to answer to answer uh, Mecha Dragon's question there it's on the Oculus Quest 2 um, the other game I am waiting for is Among Us VR because I think Among Us is a great game and the mechanic behind it is, is fantastic and then to be able to play that like virtual reality in 3D hilarious yes yeah so they're, they're the two games that I'm kind of I'm trying to put some money to one side for. But if, yes. if that's the way that gaming's going to go and you're going to wear a headset to be more immersed, bring it on. Anything where you can be more immersed into a, into a, into the atmosphere of gaming. For those not yeah, watching, virtual reality tongue sword sounds great. I'm sorry. <laughs> for those not watching, the reason why I laughed was because Nick just head dropped like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, a virtual reality tongue sword. Give me a break. That thing is that thing is the, like nightmare fuel. It's horrible. Nobody should do that. Anyways, <laughs> God bless you. I hope you. I hope you have a lot of fun. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, okay. I go back to playing 
Ocarina of Time as a kid on the N64. I can, like, I can remember sitting there and I used to play that game so much. And I used to be so immersed in that, that any, anything I can get that kind of feeling for a game again, I, I want to I go for it. If that's the way that, you know, gaming's going to go, bring it on. I mean, yeah. I think it comes with anything, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm willing to learn about the metaverse and be a part of it and game in it if it's going to be fun as long as I'm able to still get myself out of it and not let it take over my world, my real world and my family and all or, that kind of or stuff. Or pull a sword art online. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I understand where the technology is going. I understand because I have to learn and we're in my day job in the payments industry. I'm learning a lot about cryptocurrency, NFTs, all that kind of stuff. And how it applies to how it's going to apply to a lot of this metaverse stuff too. So um, even like, this is a topic that I'm sure this is a topic I want to talk about with the Nintendo dads when we have more time, but it is about, you know, the whole cryptocurrency, the blockchain stuff about being able to eventually get to the point where you buy digital games and you actually own something, even though it's digital and be able to turn that around just like you can used games you can resell that digital content because it has a code on it. That's yours that you can sell. So there's a lot more to it. I just kind of oversimplified it, but there's, there's a lot to be said there. There's a lot going on and there's going to be a point though, when we all get older and be like, back in my day, all I had to do is this and that, and then still want to do that. And that's why we, I think that's why we hold on to the retro games. Right. So, <laughs> cause we like to be able to keep it simple too. So you see, I, I, think, I look I, sorry, Nick. Come. Uh, uh, I think somebody is going to have to be the apple of the metaverse. You know, that person that was like, we were like, well, I got to put this on a server up there. And then how does this work? And Apple's like, no, 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 it's a cloud. You put it up there. It rains back down on you, on all your devices. You're good. And people were like, brick, yeah, I get it. And, and it was, that's it. Because listen, I did the sandbox thing. I was like, I was talking about the sandbox. Snoop Dogg bought a house in a sand. I'm like, all right, what is this? I'm going to search this. I went on there. I'm not, I'm not like super techie but i'm not dumb when it comes to this and i like got on there one it was super slow for me to even like try to like log in and, and make a user and then it's like listen do you want this type of wallet this type of wallet this type of wallet or you want crypto or else you're not doing jack what do you want to do and i'm like uh <laughs> yeah it's like, i don't so have yeah i was like i don't have any idea what is about right. going on here so i'm gonna just like like that, like that Simpson slowly walking yeah, to the hedge thing. That was me, man. I was like, it's time for me. To, I'm, I'm somewhere I shouldn't be. Have a good day. Um, so it's not, it's like, I think, you <laughs> know, Tim really? yeah, Tim's got it, man. He's doing, he's just like walking away and his, his green screen or whatever, his virtual green screen's coming on. Um, so I think it'll be there someday, but somebody like Facebook or some other company like that is going to have to come up with the Apple explanation for me and going to have to make it a lot easier than what it is. And when they do that, I'm going to be making some money yep. um, yeah. because people are going to be like, I get it. We're good. Let's do it. So that's yeah, my I've, take on the metaverse. I've, I've tried to get into the digital currency and crypto. I, I started a wallet. Um, I logged onto a couple of things and I got as far as that. And then I was like, okay, how do I buy this? 
And then it was like, that's as far as I got. So I, you know, if Tim, <laughs> you're going to want to do some kind of like, this is how you get into crypto style episode. I would listen to that. And yeah, I'd like that <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. So, I've been soaking it all up right now. So still trying to put you, it all together. If you want to talk about generations moving forward, like I look at my dad, my, my dad's in his mid, like mid fifties and he streams, he's, you know, gaming granddad is his, Twitch handle and he streams playing <laughs> Call of Duty and stuff like that. So I might, you know, he, he well he he watches gaming grandma who does a lot of Call of Duty streaming and he looks at her and he's like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. And then he's learned how to work OBS and he's taught himself how to do this and he's made himself buy 3D printing and soldering circuits together. He's made himself some nice fancy lights for his gaming area and he streams, starting to try and stream that. And, so, you know, I can only want to be like him and in the future, if that, this is the way things are going, it's going crypto. I want to be able to learn. I want to be able to sit back. I want to be able to mm-hmm. do it. Because I have to try and keep up. I've got three kids, 15, 10, and four. I'm going right. to have to try and keep up with what they're doing. So it's the yeah. only reason why I got into things like TikTok. Because, you know, I wanted to know what was going on, you know, what my daughter was watching. Them. So, you know, got to kind of live with that. So, and we're, we are that generation that, are adaptable to change in, in things like that and want to learn. Yeah. Nick, took, Nick <laughs> took the time and knows where the resources to go and research and look into these things. So um, we've grown up with that. We've grown up with Wikipedia being the way of knowing out information or asking Google. And then you've got all your AI devices that live in your house that you can ask questions. We've kind of grown up in a generation where technology is there for us to use. So we're going to continue to use it as we, you know, get more experience and level up more. It blew my mind when I had to go to the library and put in a CD-ROM into the computer so I could search stuff on that CD-ROM. And then when it wasn't on that CD-ROM, I had to put in another CD-ROM. Unless it was a bigger library that had the cartridges of CD-ROMs, then I could search five CDs at once. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) That's when it started, so... But yeah, so there's, I think a lot of us, especially in this industry, especially with gaming and stuff like that, we're probably more apt to evolve with it. Uh, And then there's the casual gamer who may not. uh, But as Nick said, if there's a company out there that makes it easy for that casual person to take it on, then more than likely you'll get a lot of people taking it that way. So, so Mecca for your mom, it's, is it just because she's older and thinking old fashioned way, or is it because nobody's taking the time to reach out to somebody in, in her age range or whatever to teach her that? So. Uh, I think you also just get to an an age where you just don't give a damn. (laughs) Right. And so what I mean by that is someone, someone like, like here's it's, it's, I'm going to give you an honest, honest story here. I love our friends over at Nintendo pals. And so Andros and I have some good DMs conversations back and forth. And he's like, you guys should get on TikTok." And I was like, no. All right. I'm not doing it. It's too much. That is a, that is a road too far for me. I can't learn another social media thing. I'm done. I'm sure there's lots of cool things, but I don't get it. And I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to like, I just, no, uh-uh, it ain't going to happen. And I felt like, I'm like, I just turned 40. But that appears to be the road that I'm like, no, that's the that's the bridge I'm not crossing. We're done with this. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm willing to do the TikTok thing. It's just the time. Like, if Ladies I Ladies and TikTok, gentlemen, I'm excited to announce our new social media coordinator, <laughs> Timothy Alf. No, 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 all the TikTok, the Nintendo TikTok Dad stuff, Squadron. Then there's going to be like, Tim can't play games anymore because he's doing all this social media stuff. We, we need to get Dan that has like the the video of retro, Dan from Retrologic to put like Micah and Andros on a on a Diddy and Donkey Kong walking up to Cranky and then just put like Justin's face on the Cranky Kong. Be like, <laughs> because that's how I envisioned it. Yeah, you should I'm get like, on TikTok. Yes. We're not doing that, Andros. I mean, I, uh, I yes. Woo! Good job, so, though, man. That was pretty impressive. Solo is trying to learn how to do. I will never finish Outer Worlds solo. I will never finish Breath of the Wild. If, if <laughs> I'm yeah. still playing five years of that. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to get us into YouTube shorts. Um, while I was doing the Spelunky stream the other day, uh, Hambone and Johnny was like, "Ah, oh, a death montage of this would be great." And I kind of looked at it and thought it would be great. Now I need to go and learn how to cut the video, make the video move to so it's following the character around. Do that and turn it into a YouTube shot because that is like the TikTok for YouTube. And it like I look through streamers' channels and like they might have 500 views of them playing a three-hour game. They might have like a thousand views of them doing a 30-minute preview. But then they'll have 2.5 thousand people watch their YouTube shot. That's that. That's how YouTube's currently breaking in new and small like yes. channels for subscriptions. So oh, I'm I, now looking, trying to challenge that. Oh, right. I definitely get it. I definitely understand. <laughs> but I'm just like, I don't give any Fs anymore. Like, <laughs> no, we're not doing this, right? Like, I'm sure someone would be like, no, listen, Justin, if you spend five minutes a day doing this, I can guarantee you that your YouTube subscription will be over 100,000 within three months. Even then, I'd probably be like, that feels like a lot of effort for me right now. And I just don't have the energy for this. <laughs> so we're hiring a new youthful intern. Uh, we're looking to bring someone on board who wants to do the Tic Tacs and the tacos and the shorts and the Snapchatos. I don't know what the hell this stuff is. That's what we're doing. All right. Yeah. Well, the Instas, right. Or hiring and hiring a new coordinator. The God. reels. There is so, so many of them, though, man, especially when you're just like, you know, you're just a couple of guys. It's like, uh, yeah, no, I got to like pick and choose the battles here, man. But yeah. that's a different conversation. Yes, yep. that is a whole other show to talk about the technologies between what we do and also even gaming as well. As we talked about the metaverse, they're bringing it back to that. So with that, that's the question from Discord. I do believe we have one voicemail and then after that, we're done. So voicemail, sir. Hey guys, it's me Christian, and I had a question for you guys. So I've been playing a video game on uh, my Switch that recently just came out. It's from a YouTuber named uh, James Rolls. Uh, he's more commonly known as the Angry Video Game Nerd. And that got me thinking about you guys. Uh, is there any way that you guys can make a video game of your personalities that you have on your podcast? I think that would be awesome. Uh, and also, what kind of game would it be? Would it be a first-person shooter, a puzzler game? Would it be a, you know, a platformer game? Uh, just let me know. I think that would be something everybody would enjoy. All right, well, I hope you guys have a great day, and thanks again for your awesome podcast, which, by the way, I shouted out on how awesome you guys were on the Nintendo Pals uh, review. So I was just like, oh, yeah, 
I gotta put that in there. Anyways, I hope you guys have <laughs> a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. Don't don't let the devs after dark make a game. Don't do it. <laughs> that game will just that game will involve nudity and killing small animals. Yeah, a, combi- a combination right. of Zoo Tycoon and the Lawnmower Simulator. Right. Yes. Yeah. And need to shoot Larry. I'll put into one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great question, Christian. So, what would you guys' video games be? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, feel, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I think. I'll, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'll. I'll feel like I'll kick this off. If if let's say we had to build a video game specifically about Nintendo dads, and it was a com- and it was and it was our small little enterprise, it would be uh, like Overcooked, in where one person tells somebody else orders and asks them to do stuff, and they have to run around and try and do those things. So it'd be like Tim, here's a thumbnail. Go do this. Jesse, here's a soundbite. Do this. Justin, send a PR email. Do this. Marty. Oh, that hurts. It's so true. Right? Like it, it would essentially it would essentially be like a task based and like the clock is ticking. I don't know. The whole the whole building's falling down. Uh, there's like other podcasters attacking, uh, you know, Marty, go figure out how to use Tic Tacs. Right. And uh, all this kind of stuff. So I think it'd just be a, a chaotic um, couch co-op game is what I would think. I was thinking, hilarious. I was thinking something <laughs> along the lines of like, you know, that's really basically good. the origins of Doki Doki <laughs> Panic. You know, it's, mm. you know, is it, it was like four guys on a TV show. You know, each one was a character, but you know, we, we would still have separate game elements for each of us. Like we yes. could have, so like there would That's be, where a, I was going to go with it. There'd be a, a driving segment where you have to go to uh, a paintball game and play your shooty games with other other people, and then like reloading, you might have to have to solve a puzzle. <laughs> Something you know, kind of mix up the genres out that we like. And there's got to be a wrestling, the same wrestling gag for Marty. Yeah, I was thinking of the kind of along the same lines where it would be each of our, it would be like each of our characters in the Nintendo Dads game has to accomplish what they're something in their favorite genre of game. So like uh, Justin's would be a first person shooter type thing. Uh, Jesse's would be the puzzle solving type thing. And Marty's would be a um, roguelite or like type, you know, shmup or something like that. Kind of like your, you know, gungeon game. So, uh, and then mine would be probably driving uh, a race car or something like that. So, uh, but create a story around that where each of those four elements and then even where there would be some um, hidden areas like you would run into uh, Zach or Gary, you know, and they do different kind of game plays when you ran into them or the bonus worlds. Yeah. Bonus worlds or something like that too. So I think you've made a game. I mean, you mean, (laughs) yeah, good news. Nintendo has got the basis for you to do this. They brought this out last year. You just go out there, get your nodes on, uh, you know, put them all in the right spot and you got yourself a Nintendo dance game. I was actually also looking at the play date as well, because they just dumped their beta for their, uh, their software there for creating games on their play date pulp. And you're you're able to actually develop the games with a browser. So you don't need in the browser. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that sounds like I saw way that. too much work. <laughs> right. So again, I would Justin, not be able to play Justin's any games. Justin's back to the cranky Kong. <laughs> I would not be We're able to play any this. games. I'd just be doing social media stuff and now creating game for the Nintendo dads. <laughs> so Sean, I don't got anything for us. I'm sitting here like racking my brain. I'm sorry. I got nothing. We'd be a walking know. simulator. <laughs> I have no idea. I just made that up. So, so no, like mine would be some kind of survival horror game with like notes of sandbox style crafting games like littered all over the place and i'm trying to find nick in some kind of haunted horror house where nick's would be literally like a sandbox style play game where you know there's episode there's a dark switch to it where you'll find myself so we're trying to rescue each (laughs) other from we're trying to rescue each other from opposing worlds so. Yeah, Sean, if I'm in a horror game, I've already been eaten by a zombie. Okay, I'm just going to be real honest. It's done. It's You're not going to find me. The moment you turn the game on, it's just going to be me just like just being torn to shreds. Sean's like, looking for zombie. Nick no. and Nick comes out. No, it is yeah, not exactly. Nick, yeah. Nick is the final boss. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, Sean, I'd be like full on Sean of the dead. I'd end up like rescuing him, keeping him in the shed. So I can there you go. <laughs> that's right. Perfect. I don't know anything you just said, but it sounds horrible. So oh, that's great. Shaun of the Dead you is an amazing film. That movie, yes, Shaun it's of the so Dead funny. Awesome. It's a comedy. It's not a horror. It's yeah, it's so comedy. good, Nick. Really, legitimate. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. So I'm in a shed and I'm a zombie. I'm totally probably not going to watch it, but hey, you know, that's I'm better than Ginger I got, guy. So I have a dead that. friend. <laughs> I'm a dead friend. <laughs> Oh. Well, that's our show, everybody. Game Pass News was great. Uh, it was the end of Game Pass News right here. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Sean and Nick, as always, and especially with that breaking news again, talking with a, uh, with our community on that as well. So. Thanks for stopping by and doing that. So, oh, thanks for having us, man. You guys yeah, are awesome. Thank you. Can't thank you enough. Yeah, that but that bit of news, I think we're going to be talking about for a few weeks to come on our podcast. So, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, a lot more ground so. to cover on that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's going to be more things in that Phil's going to say and others are going to say. So, we're, all kinds of stuff. So, well, everybody, that's episode 359. Ready to go. We had um, basically thanks for coming by and watching everybody who stopped by in our uh, Twitch stream and YouTube and Facebook. Thank you for stopping by in all those places. Uh, We have almost 6,000 subscribers, I think, in our YouTube. I don't know if that number has been updated, but we got 5,943 subscribers. Uh, we're getting closer. So if you if you're out there and you have a YouTube channel, uh, YouTube uh, account, and can subscribe to us and haven't yet, please do so we can break that six thousand mark. And on Twitch like, side, we have over. It's like seventy percent of the people who watch the videos aren't subscribed. For some okay, yeah, so there hurts, we go, folks. That hurts. <laughs> Everybody, start just start subscribing, smashing that it's subscribe button. <laughs> yes. And on Twitch, we have 1,197 followers. So we're just a couple shy of getting 1,200 followers there. And again, followers. We have 18 Twitch subscribers, though. So if any of those followers have Prime, Amazon Prime, use that to uh, give us a boost there in the subscribers. And you can get into our Discord as well and be able to participate in there. So... And as Justin had mentioned earlier, don't forget about our discount at Manscaped. You get 20% off when you use, and free shipping when you use code 
Nindads, N-I-N-D-A-D-S. We also have that same code over at Gooder, so don't forget about them too. Check out our merch store via nintendodads.org slash merch. T-shirts and stickers and all that fun stuff, even for these guys, for Sean and Nick. They have their stickers and shirts and all that kind of stuff over there as well, so go check that out. Uh, Huge thanks to our Patreons for Dave, Antonio, and Solo Something. Thank you guys, as always, for being our Patreon producers. And thanks to all our Patreons for everything you do for us and keeping our lights on. Check out our website, again, nintendodads.org, for our latest YouTube videos, tweets, and podcasts. Links to all the social medias and a link, which I think I still have to update for Extra Life. But we do have an Extra Life team that you can join for November. So don't forget about that. It's never too early to start talking about that. We also, again, have the merch shop over there at our nintendodads.org website. Or you can go find us in most places, like on Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube by typing Nintendo Dads and finding us in all of those places. And maybe eventually TikTok. I don't know. We'll still talk about that. We're not talking about it. We're not <laughs> Email us it. at nintendodads at gmail.com if you have anything there. Or... Go the old-fashioned way uh, and go voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS or 929-256-3237. Big thanks to OC Remix for the music throughout the show. And don't forget to download us or any of our other family of podcasts on your choice of podcast app like CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or Spotify. Well, actually, it's not even Google Play Music anymore, right? It's YouTube Music. So go there and all of those places to be able to download our podcast. Thanks again for Game Pass News for dropping by, for Jesse, myself, and Justin, and our absent Marty, who is off and about doing who knows what. Thanks for stopping by. Check y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Nintendo dads. You gotta get your together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>